does it feel? Killing your own kind. I don't retire my own kind because we don't run. Only older models do. Your models are happy scraping the shit. Because you've never seen a miracle. Welcome to The Rank with John and Zach. I'm John. I'm Zach. We've been friends since Cub Scouts, and now 30 years later, we decided to start a podcast where we'll be ranking anything and everything. You know, the natural progression of events for millennials. You're probably wondering what credentials we have to rank anything. Well, we don't have any. And if you disagree, join the discussion at The Rank Podcast on Twitter or X, threads, Instagram, and TikTok on our website at therankwithjohnandzach.com or at our email address, uh, therankwithjohnandzach at protonmail.com. You can also support us on Patreon at The Rank Podcast. That's patreon.com slash The Rank Podcast. And you can check out clips or full episodes on our YouTube channel, The Rank with John and Zach. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe so we can keep this thing going. So my wife apparently was last night years old when she discovers that she has aphantasia. Oh, is that the where you can't imagine things? Yeah. Oh my god. That's Isn't that so, crazy? That's so freaky to me that not being able to imagine things. It's I I, I was like, you're joking, right? Because like yeah. she'll be like, I'm like, you've been able to describe things to me from memory. She's like, Yeah, well, that's because I remember it. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, if you remember it, then you're seeing it. I don't see mm-hmm. anything, I just remember it. And I'm like, my God, I don't understand the words that are coming out of your mouth right now. <laughs> exactly the same for me. It's it's and I, I, I anticipate that it's the same for them, that they can't imagine a, a world where you imagine things. Yeah, they, they can't imagine things was, or they can't visualize, I suppose, is what it is. Right. They can't visualize is really what it is. But but it's it was crazy because like she was doing the same thing. She's like, I can't believe you can picture things. And I'm like. I don't know. How can you describe something if you can't picture it? You know? Yeah. How? It's so weird to me. I'm trying to imagine not being able to visualize. So hold on. Let's clarify this. Um, So when she says that she can remember because like she remembers what it is, is she just remembering like a list of facts essentially? Yeah, basically. I mean, that's kind of what we came down to. Mm -hmm. Like I was, I, I was like, okay, Describe Max to me, our dog. Yeah, yeah. So she's like, you know, he's orange and got a long face and blah blah blah. Mm. And she's, I'm like, okay, so you pictured him? She's like, yeah. no, I just like, I just know that's what he looks like. And okay, I'm like, so she didn't picture him. She just knows that's what he looks like. Wow, that's or, so crazy. Isn't that wild? I like, I could not wrap my mind around it. Is, and she was like, really, you can see Max? I'm like, yeah, is, I'm, I'm like, I'm seeing him right now in my head. Yeah. And she was like. Wow. And I'm like, what is this? how? That's what how memory mean? works. <laughs> That's what memory is, you freaking weirdo. And then yeah. she's she's over there like, no, you're the freaking weirdo. So yeah, exactly. Picturing things in your mind, crazy person. You see, I can imagine, but it's so funny, both directions were like, no. Yeah. That can't be right. Um, <laughs> It's so weird. Uh, I was going to say something else now. I can't. Oh, because it's funny, because even when I'm picturing a list, of, when I'm remembering a list of facts, you picture the list, right? I picture a list of facts. Me like too. a literal written list. 
I was saying that to him. Like, that's how I remember numbers so well is I remember where I saw the number. You know, mm -hmm. like, I see the number. Yeah. It's funny, the, the vagaries of the human brain. But nonetheless, geez. And it sounds like it's... I'm sorry, but that, that one specifically, I feel like we're the more normal ones because it feels like we're in, like, some kind of weird sci-fi story where people are not... A certain kind of people have no imagination. Like, they're incapable of imagining, you know? Oh, I went on like a whole rabbit hole here. Like last yeah. night, I couldn't stop thinking about it because I'm thinking like, okay, so this would be kind of a cool sci-fi like yeah. detective type movie, you know, mm -hmm. where like, you know, they've got this ability to see your thoughts if they can just get a hold of you, right? Mm -hmm. But they can't see this person's thoughts because they have aphantasia. Yeah. yeah. So like they can get away with murder as long as nobody sees them do it. Could make them a great spy and all, all sorts of stuff. Right. It's fantastic. Um, geez. Um, I uh, I read a, a there's an entire book. It's not quite the same thing. But there's an entire book by the author I like, China Mieville. It's called Embassy Town. It's about a an alien species who can't lie. Um, like oh, okay. they're just physically incapable of lying. Like their word, their mouths will not form words that aren't true. As a result, they can't invent anything that doesn't exist already. They can only describe what's already existing. They can't. They have no fiction, you know. So they actually wait. Wait, say, wait. So does this mean that they can't invent anything? Uh, basically, yeah. All of their uh, technology is kind of evolved, like naturally. Um, like so, it's like kind of advanced, but they, there's a lot of things they don't have. So when they meet humans, they're like, "What do you mean you can?" Like, like they can't even understand the idea of what lying is, and it's like, "Oh well, it's make it's talking about something that doesn't exist." So what they do is they use humans, huh. to enable themselves to lie because here's the fun part they have the human do something so that they can then reference it since it's something that happened if that makes any sense like the yeah. main character participated in something you never find out what it is but it was kind of scarring for her when she was younger but it was like oh can you do this for us and she was like yeah and then kind of regretted it but it was just some bizarre situation so that people so that the aliens could be like it's like that time that that human girl did this and that's incredible yeah it's it's a his books are full of crazy ideas but what who was this again what was the name of the book it was embassy uh, something embassy town by china mieville embassy town okay i'm gonna have to look into that and then not read it because i never have an opportunity to read so. yeah yeah i would say same but i'm reading a book right now so <laughs> not quite the same so it's not quite that i, I assume <laughs> Sarah can lie right because <laughs> she can invent um Right, it's not that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I it's it, she's like I don't even I, I don't even know how to like I I don't know how you can't see, I just it, it blew my mind. Mm -hmm. I was just like, what do you mean you can't see it? She's like, yeah. what do you mean you can't? You know? <laughs> what do you mean you can't? You know how seeing is? It's like that. Yeah. I'm like, what do you get this how I actually I did say like, what do you mean? This is how memory works, you know? Like mm -hmm. she's like, well, not mine, you know. Well, I wonder if it's a little bit like like her confusion at not being able to um, see, you know, imagine something like that, um, like to visualize it. I wonder if it's like us trying to us, us ordinary people trying to imagine a color that doesn't exist. Like we can understand the concept that there might be a color that doesn't exist, but we can't see it. We can't imagine mm. it because we have no any ability to. That might not be a, a good metaphor at all. I have to ask. I guess Sarah. Who knew? <laughs> 
Well, anyway, um, I just thought it was sort of fascinating. And, you know, I think it kind of bleeds well into a sci-fi type story that we're about to do, right? Yeah, and especially involving memories. and Right? And I don't know, the human ability. I couldn't to believe it was things. last night that that happened. Yeah, crazy. And it's Blade Runner 2040, 2049, is it? Yeah. yeah. Well, for in every episode, we do a little bit of banter, which just happened, which that I, I found super interesting. I, you know, I don't know if everybody else is going to. They're just like, okay, neat guy. <laughs> Be like, you yeah, stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> if, they, if they want us to stop talking, they should probably not listen to the podcast. Yeah, they should not. Yeah, this is basically the whole podcast is us yeah. just talking shit. So then we go into a little summary of the movie, then the potent notables, which are just interesting facts and tidbits that we found out about the production. And then we uh, do the movie overview, which, spoiler alert, is us talking about the movie from beginning to end, all plot points, everything. So if you haven't seen it, it's going to spoil it for you. Um, and then we go to the rank, the namesake of the show. We'll rank the movie on a scale of one to five, one being the worst, five being the best. And um, yeah, let's get into it. Oh, also, I just wanted to point out that or, or mention that we are thinking about doing rankings for new releases as a patron-only series. But we're not going to do it until we have about 50 subscribers on Patreon. So if you're interested in that, become a patron and, uh, you know, support our show. So today we're ranking Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Blade Runner. <laughs> so today we're ranking. Maybe version. <laughs> exactly. So today we're ranking Blade Runner 2049, a 2017 film starring Ryan Gosling and Harrison Ford with a screenplay by Michael Green and Hampton Francer, who also came up with the story and directed by Dennis Villeneuve. So Blade Runner 2049 is set 30 years after the original Blade Runner. The story follows Kay, a replicant Blade Runner who uncovers a long-buried secret that could disrupt the already fragile societal balance between humans and replicants. His discovery leads him on a quest to find Rick Deckard, the former Blade Runner, who has been missing for decades. As Kay delves deeper into his investigation, he grapples with existential questions about identity, memory, and the blurred boundaries between humanity and artificial intelligence. We've ranked 37 action movies, which just feels crazy, including the original Blade Runner, which didn't fare that well. Mm. Uh, though, maybe someday we'll go back and do the final cut as well and see if it was any better, if it's a, if it gets better ranking or not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm curious if this movie is going to do any better. Yeah, it, it, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, going into it, I was thinking that it probably would, that it probably wouldn't because of one very specific reason what's that no apathetic harrison ford voiceover so how that's, could it be better that's true um that might be better just for that um we should <laughs> they should ryan gosling should like record a shitty voiceover that you can play <laughs> over it just for fun it's like he's just real bored and sick yeah 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 purposely I bad. this yeah no purposely worse come on it's not bad enough all right well let's find out how it did but first let's go to the potent notables So, as always, we'll start with the box office results. Blade Runner 2049 made $92.1 million domestically, so it didn't even hit the $100 million plateau, and $175.6 million internationally for a worldwide total of $267.7 million, all against a budget of $150 million. So, just like the first one, it was not a big hit. 
Um, though I think this one may have come closer to breaking even than the first one did. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Like, I don't know how what equates like how much it needs to make at the box office to cover however much budget. But I think it's like, I think it has to be at least two times the budget to make money. Mm-hmm. One would think because you know the advertising costs and all that have to be in there. Well, that and they get a percentage of the box office, not the full box office. Not the full right? box office, right? Yeah. So, um, so executive producer Ridley Scott and director De- Dennis Villeneuve cited this move, uh, the movie's length and slow pacing, as the main reasons for its disappointing box office results. Hmm. Well, we'll have to see if I agree with that. <laughs> uh, not that, not about it being disappointing box. Well, you know, being the cause of it. I, I don't know. I hate to, uh, to uh, speculate. Afford- speculate but maybe uh, maybe that might turn out being the case for me we'll see yeah we'll see um now ridley felt that the movie was at least 30 minutes too long which uh, that's a lot of time to be long by um yeah, I cut that down man <laughs> <laughs> although he admitted that he was partially to blame since he provided input for the screenplay Mm-hmm. Villeneuve said that while still proud of the, of the movie, he realized afterwards that he had made, quote, the most expensive art house movie in cinema history, end yeah. quote. Until Killers of the Flower Moon, by the way. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that was $200 million for Marty. Marty's like, Marty's like, hold my, my beer. Yeah. <laughs> he can't say that sentence while I'm still around. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he knew it would be a, a huge financial risk, but uh, he admitted that the running time and a marketing strategy that gave away minimal plot elements may have scared away audiences, especially people less familiar with Blade Runner. That I agree with. Yeah. David Bowie was director Dennis Villeneuve's first choice for the role of Neander Wallace. Mm. Neander, I can't remember how they pronounce his name now. I'm going to say Neander, but it doesn't matter. Um, but he died six months before the start the start of shooting. That will that will put a wrench in the whole. The whole thing. <laughs> I kind of wish he had. I wish he hadn't died. Well, you know, it's probably just in general. His family is like, yes, us, us as well. Yeah, we we all think that too. Jared Leto was cast instead because of his quote similar rock star vibe end quote. All right, he says, yeah, that's exactly how I felt when I read that <laughs> quote. <laughs> I'm glad that we're on the same page as far as he goes. I'd like to, you know, I'd like to, uh, well, it doesn't matter. Well, we'll get to it in the rank. Yeah, I have yeah some, exactly. Some things written about him. Um, the first letter of the names of each of the wooden animals that Rick Deckard carved in this movie, mm-hmm. rhino, antelope, cat, horse, elephant, lion. Spell? Rachel. Rachel. How about that? That is that is a fun detail. He's like, all right, now when I need an animal that begins with C. <laughs> like it's like a fucking baby game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I would have liked if he'd picked like really random animals, you know, like really right. kind of out there. I'm going to spend a lot of the rest of the potent notables trying to think of the most <laughs> random animals I can with, with each of those letters. Go for it. So director Dennis Villeneuve noted that he was fully aware of the immense pressure he was under and how hardcore fans of Blade Runner view the prospect of a new movie. Quote, I know that every single fan will walk into the theater with a baseball bat. I'm aware of that and I respect that. (laughs) I know. And it's okay with me because it's art. Art is risk and I have to take risks. It's going to be the biggest risk of my life, but I'm okay with that. 
for me, it's very exciting. It's just so inspiring. I'm so inspired. I've been dreaming to do sci-fi since I was 10 years old, and I said no to a lot of sequels. I couldn't say no to this. I love it too much. So I said, all right, I will do it and give everything I have to make it great. End quote. Okay. I mean, kudos that he yeah. went for it feeling that way. But uh, Blade Runner is known for having three different cuts released throughout the years, right? Mm -hmm. When questioned about the possibility of a future alternate cut of this movie, Villeneuve uh, stated that the theatrical cut is his only version. At one point, there was a four-hour rough cut of this movie that had been split into two parts for more convenient viewing, and the makers discovered that each part almost felt like a complete movie on its own. So they briefly considered them as two separately titled movies, but Villeneuve decided that it should be cut down to just one definitive version. I'm curious about that. Yeah. I think that might, you know, not to give anything away here, but I think that might have been better. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I can't disagree necessarily. Um, so three short films fill the gap between Blade Runner and this sequel. According to Dennis Villeneuve, they each depict a pivotal moment in the backstory. Blade Runner Blackout. 2022, mm. which was released in 2017, is the first in chronological order, made by Shinichiro Watanabe, famous oh. for his work on the Animatrix. Okay. It, it deals with the blackout referred to in the movie, uh, you know, that they were talking about the huge blackout that happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I was curious about that when we talked about that, so I kind of want to watch that, uh, that short film. Yeah. And the other one is 2036 Nexus Dawn, which is also came out in 2017. And it shows how Neander Wallace succeeds in reviving the replicant. Neander Wallace succeeds in reviving yeah. the replicant industry. Um, and in and in 2048, Nowhere to Run, which also came out in 2017. So there's three short films yeah. all in the same year as this movie came out. Sapper Morton is identified, which kicks off this movie's plot. The last two films were directed by Luke Scott, Ridley Scott's son. Oh, well, nepotism at work again. Yeah, I don't think so, actually. He probably worked for that. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure he did. You know, seems like he would have. Although, you know, it's interesting that Ridley Scott gets so much ownership of the movie, considering he got, like, fired from it. Yeah, I know. Come on. Like, he's a, like it's this huge part of his legacy. He almost wasn't on it for a ton of it. Yeah. Um, so initially Dennis was against the concept of a sequel to Blade Runner as he felt it could violate the original. However, after reading the script, which he and Harrison Ford have described as quote, one of the best end quote, they had, they had ever read. He committed to the project stating that Ford was already involved at that point. Quote, to be very honest with you, Harrison was part of the project before I arrived. He was attached to it right from the start with Ridley. I met him, and he's honestly one of the nicest human beings I've met and is one of my favorite actors of all time. So for me, it's a lot of pleasure. And cool. Yeah. It's interesting because he, he kind of comes off as a gruff guy in interviews, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Which I, which I envy him for. I know. <laughs> it's like Bob Dylan, you know? Mm -hmm. He, like, keeps the mystery. Keeps the mystery. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Like, you don't yeah, know. No, I do, yeah. I don't know. Like, it's kind of incredible that in this day and age, there are still celebrities that you can be like, yeah, I guess I don't really know much about him or her. Are you still thinking of uh, animals? Oh, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm halfway there. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> 
All right. Well, so uh, Dennis, again, experienced immense pressure to do the sequel right, as we've already described. Mm -hmm. um, but especially when executive producer Ridley Scott was on set. Mm -hmm. Scott's presence became nearly unbearable when it was time to direct Harrison Ford. So Villeneuve finally asked Scott how he would feel if his favorite director, Ingmar Bergman, was looking over his shoulder while directing. Scott had a good laugh over it, but understood and left the set. And Villeneuve later credited Scott with leaving him alone for most of the shoot and giving him full freedom to direct his, the movie as he pleased, only offering advice when Villeneuve asked for it. Um yeah that's kind of kind of weird that would like, be tough why, right yeah why was he even hanging out like i'd be like go away you're not directing this movie i guess well, producers I, can wander yeah. around at their, at their leisure did uh or do we have any coming potent notables about uh ridley scott necessarily not necessarily having the best reunion with harrison ford or no we don't which i thought was interesting because because in the first one the potent notables were all about how we how they hated each other Mm -hmm. or at least how harrison hated him but no i didn't find yeah. anything enough time maybe has passed that they're just like i don't care anymore yeah well maybe they worked together again after that and it was better i have no idea but uh but adding to this also that we just that i just said is the fact that ridley wanted to direct the movie right. <laughs> he's like i'm just gonna go ahead and direct this <laughs> but he wasn't able to because he was committed to alien covenant at the time oh he was disappointed saying quote it was a bit of a bugger but there we are end quote Good one. you're welcome for the uh, accent by the way i loved it so the aerials over the abandoned solar farms are shot at a real location a thermosolar power station near seville spain mm -hmm. and as a matter of fact although there is no shortage of digitally created elements in this movie amounting to a total of 1150 visual effects shots uh villeneuve insisted on shooting on real sets on real locations as much as possible for authenticity so he's a guy after our hearts here um yeah for example the solar farms in the beginning were filmed were filmed at the uh thermosolar power station near seville spain which i just said sapper morton's farm was filmed in iceland oh. and mexico and mexico city doubled for a hazy shot of los angeles in the distance you know what that makes sense <laughs> it does right so the orphanage and surrounding wastelands were largely filmed in, with extensive miniature models. Most of the filming was done in Budapest, Hungary. Okay, and with okay. many of the sets, what? It's kind of random, but. I know, right? So they were kind of all over the place. They got Mexico City, you got Iceland, they got Spain, mm -hmm. Hungary. And uh, and with many of the sets only a, walk, a minute's walk from one another and real cityscapes are visible through windows. So green sheen green screen shots were done sparingly, usually to extend horizons or add elements to a shot. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. No, I mean the, the I feel like you can tell that a lot of the I don't know locations are like just interesting places they found. Yeah, that they're not all just on sets and green screen and everything. Yeah, it reminds me of have you ever seen the fall the uh, the Artem movie? It has a uh, Lee Pace in it. It's kind of the only person who's in it. No, I, no, I haven't seen it. I, although, if you say by some French director, I probably haven't. So, no. Well, Artem, what, where, where's he from? I don't know where he's from, but he was he directed uh, the Cell, the movie with Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Lopez. Oh uh, yeah, okay. He kind of hasn't directed much since then. He also directed music. Videos. I heard that kind of tanked his career. Yeah, um, but 
wait, is that who I'm talking about? I don't know. Whoever I'm talking about. <laughs> um, po- point is, is that he filmed this movie, The Fall, like piecemeal over like 10 years just because he was doing photo shoots and filming things and was like, oh, I want to make this movie, but I have no money. So every time I find myself in an interesting place, I'll, you know, film it and, you know, call up the actors who are willing to work for practically nothing and, fil- you know, bring them in and have them do some weird thing. And then we'll put a movie together at the end of 10 years, which they do. And it, some of the some of the, land, the places that he found, like, just practically by accident are really stunning. And that kind of reminds me of this, like, not, not, that, not, not that it was by accident, but, like, when you find an interesting real-life place, it has a different feel to it. It has a whole... Werner Herzog used to call it the, you know, the magic of the voodoo of of the actual place, rather than something you invented. Right. Tarsum. I like that. Tarsum. That's his name, Tarsum. Sorry, called him Artem. His name is Tarsum. Okay, I'm <laughs> Tarsum. Not that interesting, but there we go. Oh, that's cool. So, um... <laughs> no, that's cool. <laughs> so, I have you heard about the uh, the Blade Runner curse? No, what is the Blade Runner curse? Well, he in in Blade Runner he used a bunch of like real corporate, like big corporate companies, mm-hmm. um, in the movie, and most of them went out of business. <laughs> oh, okay. So, like, he used Coca Cola, so that one obviously remained. But Atari, RCA mm-hmm. Corp, Bell Telephone, Quizenart. Pan Am, Koss headphones, Tsingtao beer. Like Coca-Cola is like the only one that survived. That's fantastic. That's a whole bunch of companies that I remember from being a kid. <laughs> like <laughs> they're not around anymore. So well, actually, maybe they still them are, but yeah, I, I feel like that's just more the you know, capitalism. That's all right. Right. Well, so you know, it's supposed to be the future though. So mm-hmm. they didn't make it to the future that Ridley oh, Scott had yeah. envisioned, yeah. which is kind of funny. So signs visible in the movie include companies that suffered the alleged Blade Runner curse. So they brought them back for this yeah. one. I, um, I noticed the bar at least. <laughs> so, <laughs> something that they would advertise quite that way. But uh, so most notably was uh, Pan Am Airlines. Mm-hmm. Which oh, yeah, I noticed them too. <laughs> Me too. Uh, which went, that went bankrupt in 1991. And Atari, which currently exists as a brand but has not been a corporate entity since uh, the mid-1990s. So mm. Villeneuve explained that both movies take place in an alternate universe in which these companies remained corporate powerhouses. And other companies, like Apple, did not exist. Mm-hmm. Ryan, well, I, just... I know, it's neat, right? Ryan Gosling described it as a future in which Steve Jobs never existed. So all technology focuses focuses on function rather than aesthetics, which I really liked that line too. That's great, isn't that I, cool? I, that makes me like the movie a tiny bit more, doesn't uh, it? Kind of. <laughs> and that's not like a, I, you know, that's not like whatever. That came off like I, you know, fucking like you didn't it. like now the I, movie, yeah. Yeah, now I like it a, a, an amount of point one, and I liked it zero before this. But no, that is <laughs> that's really fun. Um, I was actually thinking during the movie how they it's kind of like shorthand for we're in an alternate future by having, well, it turned this company that went bankrupt is still big. Like that's how you can tell this is an alternate future. But uh, I like that specific like focus on function rather than that's, that's interesting. Yeah. And it was Ryan Gosling that said that, which made me like, kind of like him even more too. He's like interesting points in his interviews. He's very opposite of Harrison Ford. who's like, leave me alone. 
I know. Have you seen the interviews of them together from this movie, by the way? No, but I bet they're fun now that I think. Oh my gosh, they're hilarious. You should you should look them up after this. But anyway, so two versions of the baseline scene were filmed. The original scripted version, in which Kay reads a small passage of Vladimir Nabokov's Pale Fire, and a much mm -hmm. longer take written by Ryan Gosling. Mm -hmm. It was a lengthy eight-minute staccato dialogue, and Gosling delivered each take without hesitation for every camera angle. Well, I'm not sure we needed that, but no, I'm glad that they didn't keep that because eight minutes too. is too much. It's too much of that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a minute, you know, actually a minute I, might even be a bit much. Well, I think they did longer than a minute. So you might guess we know what you thought. Well, <laughs> so yeah, I'm giving too much away. Let's, let's, let's take a step back. And I'll be neutral. <laughs> All right. Well, security and secrecy throughout the production were so high that the producers and filmmakers adopted various measures to prevent leaks to the public. Mm -hmm. Such as limiting the amount of behind-the-scenes publicity, apart from an approved Omaze video, or Omaze, I don't know, O-M-A-Z-E. Yeah. Um, to prevent the ending from being leaked, it was communicated verbally and not included in the scripts handed out to the actors and actresses. According to actor Lenny James, other security measures included such things as when actors and actresses being considered for supporting roles were given scripts, they were required to decide whether to accept within 36 hours. Wow. Yeah, the scripts were incomplete, mostly the first 20 pages and a random number of pages that included their characters. In Lenny James's case, he was shown the 20 pages after his last scene. Once an actor or actress accepted the offer, the full script was given. Everyone was subject to a non-disclosure agreement with heavy penalties for violation. Actors and actresses were searched at entry points to the sets. Cell phones and cameras were forbidden. This is crazy, right? It's, wow. For each shooting day, actors and actresses were, were were required to sign on the sides for the day that for the day when given, and again when returning them, as they were not allowed to because they weren't allowed to keep the sides. Um, uh -huh. Failure failure to return them would result in not being allowed to leave the set at the end of the day. Okay, that's wow. I'm glad that we're suddenly you know like a fascist movie production. Yeah, digital scripts could only be opened on one device, copy protected, and were deleted automatically after a certain number of hours. In mm. James's case, it was nine hours after he completed filming the scenes. So yeah, this is crazy town. Is there a reason that, like, was was the public really that like ravenous yeah. for Blade Runner twenty forty nine facts? That's exactly like, what I was thinking. I'm like. Okay, I get that Villeneuve loved yeah. the movie, the original movie, but yeah. guys, it was a fucking flop. You know, yeah. I, I know it became a cult classic, but like the general public is not going, oh my God, a fucking Blade Runner movie. Yeah, I feel like the reaction for most people would have been, oh, okay. That was kind of how it was for me. I was like, yeah, I might see that. Yeah, might interest me when it comes out. We'll see. But no, they're treating it like one of these, you know, MCU films where they're like, like you know people actually are interested in knowing what happens unlike <laughs> right. this one where okay though whatever i can i can imagine you know him being like you're never gonna find out and the public being like okay yeah that's okay. i'm trying to sure if you say so that's fine with me mm -hmm. um all right so the sequel is filled with unexpected moments and one of the biggest reveals in the, is the appearance of rachel which proves to be one of the most shocking and memorable moments in the film the filmmakers knew it would be and went to great lengths to ensure that this secret did not get leaked. So, continuing I, I'm not even, I was gonna say, I'm not even sure what we're talking about, so. Rachel? 
when she shows oh, Rachel up being as, in it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I missed that somehow. Yeah. No, that was that was surprising, but. So this meant denying the appearance of her character in any interviews and taking extra precautions on set when filming her scenes. These extreme measures included using a minimal crew, so only those who were vital to the production of the film would, would learn and be trusted with this highly sensitive secret. And again, they do know that the original flopped at the box office, right? <laughs> yeah. This like, reminds, I mean, I mentioned MCU. This reminds me of how they, how like the Spider-Mans had to deny being in Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah, exactly. Like, and like that one was actually, people were curious. This is not the same that people, yeah, is, nobody is Sean Young's it. virtual construct going to be in it? You know? yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Anybody remembers who Sean Young is? Yeah. She was actually in it. That was Sean Young. They oh, just, that's her? Yeah. And then they just like, you know. Oh, did they de-age digitally de-aged her and and yeah, because it wasn't trying to be mean. It's just that she would be old. So well, they not only did they digitally de-age her, but they also used a body double. So oh, so that's nice. Yeah, <laughs> Harrison so, like, Ford, you're you're fine as is. Your eighty wrinkled self, but the woman, we need to digitally de-age you and use a body double. <laughs> of course, I, mean, I know it makes sense. I get storytelling it. wise. Yeah, the the re the purpose of her appearance is that she looks the same. But still, right? It's like it's funny that that's how that had to work. <laughs> so the loud and jarring motorcycle noise you know in mm -hmm. the soundtrack or in the score mm -hmm. that appears throughout began as a male choir a male choir sample that composer benjamin walfish repeatedly ran through a series of electronic filters until it sounded mechanical wow that's fun um is, is that wild <laughs> sound sound production people are they always get me because if you watch, you know, behind the scenes stuff and they're like, oh, I came up with this by doing this fucking wacky series of shit. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, well, it, it ended up sounding perfect. So well done, I guess. Like, if you ever see what went into the T-Rex's roar in Jurassic Park, it's just like all these different animals and they mixed it. I mean, it sounds perfect. So well done. But I wouldn't have thought of it. I'd have been like, I'll just record a lion and maybe change it a little. That's, well, I think we figured out why I'm not working as a sound production person. I mean, I it's not for me. I I don't have that kind of capability. But uh, we got two more potent notables here. So, Sony Pictures, which handled worldwide dis distribution of this movie, incurred the wrath of the Film Critics Association of Turkey. The wrath of the Film Critics Association of Turkey. Yep, exactly. Which is SIAD. S I Y A D. That is not something you want to incur the wrath of. Beware exactly. the wrath of them. The Film Critics Association of Turkey. So it defended its decision to supply Turkey with a self-censored version of the movie, deleting all instances of nudity by stating that it was done out of, quote, respect for the local culture. Oh, that's nice. That's yeah. very kind of them. Yeah. To respect the local culture that much. So Syed responded in an open letter to, to Sony saying, quote, Seeing oneself as an authority to decide what is appropriate and what is not appropriate for a quote-unquote local culture and imposing your view on that quote-unquote culture is one of the greatest shows of disrespect from that quote-unquote culture. It is an insult to the people of Turkey and specifically to moviegoers in Turkey to assume them to be disturbed by any sign of nudity whatsoever, end quote. I mean, yeah. I, I kind of get it. I'm with them. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I didn't think I would side with Turkey when I, you know, started doing this podcast, but I'm siding with Turkey here. I kind of get it, yeah. So anyway, last one, and we've 
you've we've already kind of talked about it a little bit. So I know that you haven't seen these clips of Ryan Gosling mm. and Harrison Ford talking about this, but apparently Harrison Ford accidentally punched Ryan Gosling in the face during the fight scene. Accidentally. Yeah. It's like fuck you, Ryan Gosling. Oh, accident. Sorry. There's actually a really funny clip of them on the Graham Norton show talking about it. Mm. Um, and yeah. You know, and Harrison Ford's got this like dry acerbic wit, you know, mm. and he's like, uh, he's just like, you know, he wouldn't shut the fuck up. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> well, that'll that'll teach him. All right, so let's hear your uh, your Rachel animals. I'm not I'm not quite done yet, <laughs> but but uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll come up with it as we as we talk here. Uh, for R, I started with the red shanked duke. Which is uh, a kind of a monkey. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> for A, I just decided to go with the classic axolotl because that you can't go wrong. Yeah. Um, for C, I decided to go with the coati, which is a, uh, a member of the raccoon family that lives in in South America. For H, I decided to go with the hairy frogfish. It's kind of you kind of can't not go with the hairy frogfish, which is a kind of a fish. And, I mean, uh, now I have to look that up. Hairy. It's in Enjoy, <laughs> Harry Frog. Well, because he's got to make. Uh, oh wow! <laughs> Fun, wow. right? Yeah. Okay. Um, he's, <laughs> okay. He's got to carve that. So. Yeah, that's a that's a way to go. <laughs> Evolution, well done. Um, that's a decision, all right. Um, and is that e, where you left off? Oh, you got one. Yeah, I'm 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 on E. I, there's several interesting ones, but I'm not positive I like them because I'm trying to avoid too many like. East Siberian, you know, whatever, like that. Just, oh, like know. a directional, yeah. Yeah, like that just seems kind of cheating, kinda, right? Kind of lame, yeah. Um, yeah. And I was trying to avoid because you could do just fish or just birds with the wacky names that these fuckers have. I know. I was thinking smew, and you know, yep. like, obviously S isn't in there, but yeah. So I tried to avoid too much of that. I, I made an exception with the hairy frogfish, but like I could continue to do, like. Executioner wasp is really cool, but like you know, at the same time, it's just a wasp. You know, yeah. <laughs> Somebody saw it, they'd be like, "This is a wasp, right?" That's an executioner wasp. All right, cool. <laughs> um, and like in the eared grebe is is neat, but it's just a bird. So I don't know. I can't come. <laughs> but it's just a bird. It's just a yeah. fucking bird. You know, birds don't even look different. Like what about an like, electric it... eel? Oh well, yeah, that's a, there. That's, that's bonus that's a fun one. That's bonus scores and boggle. I was thinking or, echidna. No, Echidnas are fun. Not boggle. Uh, but it's not that weird. Because everybody knows knuckles. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we're both well talking over each other. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I was, I'll just go with echidna. Spiny ants. Ooh, eaters. echidna. That's a good one. Yeah, wait. I, you know, I didn't want to because, like, everybody knows echidnas, but, like, they're still neat. They're monotremes. They're one well, of everybody knows axolotls. You were okay with that. <laughs> you you pointed out my hypocrisy and I'm okay with it. So I just need I just need L. Um let's see. Oh my god, what is this? The Labahula? I don't know what kind of animal this is. Oh, it's a dog. It's a breed of dog. That's not that's not anything. Yeah. That's like saying lab. Yeah, that's no thank you. <laughs> oh, did well, I use a bug yet? ridgeback for R? Did you use I'm going, um I was asking if I used a bug yet. I no, think I'm no gonna bugs. go with the, I'm gonna go with the Luna Moth because I love Luna Moths. Oh, that's you mentioned that uh, in a recent episode. Yeah, so we have the Red Shanked Duke, Axolotl, Coati, Hairy Frogfish. Um, what did I go with? For, oh, Echidna. Oh, and it, was, Luna Moth. it was Starship Troopers. You mentioned it in. Yeah. Um, I don't remember why we're, they don't. Because we were talking about the bugs not having mouths, and you're like, well, Luna Moths don't have mouths. 
Yeah, yeah, they die in a week. Um, yeah. <laughs> just like me. Um, I don't know. What, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> yeah, there's. I'm gonna go out and carve my alternate version of his animals, and I'm gonna get really stuck on the hairy frogfish. Yeah, you're also gonna stab yourself a bunch. So, <laughs> how'd you know? <laughs> um, all right, well, let's go on to the movie overview. Movie overview. So, wow, two hours and forty-four minutes seems too long. This yeah. is the first thing I thought when I started this. I very distinctly went to the HBO Go site, or I guess it's Max now, and 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 said, "All right, gonna start this two hour and forty minute movie." Oh my <laughs> That's God. exactly what happened to me. I was like, I did not remember it was this long. Did it have to be this long? That is really I think we know that it didn't. I think mm. we know that it didn't. <laughs> so yeah, but there you go. I Sit saw this in the all. theater too. Well, I don't know the theater. Like I said, like at least you get like there's nothing to look at aside from the screen, so you get a little bit lost more easily. But in real life, outside of the theater, you're like, alrighty, I need to get up in a bit. I'm like, <laughs> can't sit here the rest of my life. Denis Villeneuve. It did have a cool opening sequence, though. Oh, I love the opening sequence. Yeah. And I was like, oh, the Tyrell Corporation went bankrupt, eh? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was on your top ten logos. I know, but I I don't know the what is it the Wallace Corporation I guess pretty funny. yeah you didn't know the Wallace Corporation when you uh you hadn't Wallace watched Corporation it yet. oh and the logo's stupid it's fine but it's stupid get out of here Wallace Corporation Tyrell all the way definitely Tyrell all the way also you know if you've got Jared Leto as the yeah. head of your organization like yeah I'm not gonna like your logo pretty much. Um, <laughs> So we're still hunting down the old replicants, you know. Yeah, I will. I will admit this. This opening scroll, what do they call it? The opening crawl. Yeah. Uh, it was like such an excuse to continue. Uh, like, no, no, no. There's still replicants. You know. I know. I know. <laughs> it's like okay, fine. <laughs> I thought that they would all be dead, and they're like, oh, and they're the long, li long lived version of replicants. Because I, remember, if you remember, they die in like a fucking week, like Lunamoth or whatever. So yeah, they they live four years, and this is the well, they changed them into like they they made it so they have continued lifespans because yeah. of Rachel, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm just oh, like, right, yeah. aren't they just humans then at this point? Yeah, basically, <laughs> I don't understand why you need to hunt them down. Um, well, apparently you need to get one to hunt them down as well yeah exactly and so also we've got synthetic farming mm -hmm. which i feel like we're pretty close to that now yeah i i wasn't personally thrilled with protein coming from what seemed to be meal worms yeah that was i was okay with that actually i mean i, th I think that's kind of where we're headed anyway it's protein coming from bugs uh, i'm not i'm not gonna want to do that but because <laughs> i've bugs... had cricket powder before well i don't eat animals so I can't, I can't do that. Um, but of course, there don't seem to be many plants left in the world either. There are no trees, so yeah. I guess you can. Beggars can't be choosers. That's right. Beggars eat bugs. I think beggars um, eat bugs. It sounds like that's like a like a crazy version of snitches get stitches. Beggars eat bugs. Um, <laughs> it's like I could just picture like a real asshole driving around looking for uh, for like homeless people and be like, "Beggars eat bugs." Just shoving bugs under their mouths. <laughs> that is in fact an asshole. <laughs> and uh, and what's the word? Criminal. Criminal. Yeah, criminal is the the that's word you're thinking word of there. That. And I I actually remembered this scene as so as we're starting into it i'm like oh yeah batista's in this scene i mm -hmm. you don't you don't know that yet but uh but i was like oh 
I remember it like being in the theater thinking, holy shit, that's Batista. Mm-hmm. But he's got Russian sign, like Cyrillic alphabet signs on yeah. his barns or whatever. It says Selina uh, on the barn. I don't know what uh-huh. it means. I didn't look it up. Okay. Well, <laughs> but, I actually noticed that as well and was like, oh, and then forgot until you mentioned it. Just now. it I, you know what it felt like to me? It felt like we were in an M. Night Shyamalan movie, the way that it was starting. Like, yeah, quiet it was and intense. Yeah, quite intense, creepy. I really liked that actually. And I liked the, the opening sh- like shot of Ryan Gosling walking through like the fucking, like, I don't know if it's fog or smog or what, but walking through that with this coat that he has where the collar goes all the way up around his nose. Yeah. Like, double, double is like a protect you from fucking, you know, death causing pollution. Yeah. Was, this was a lot of fun. Like, ooh, I thought it was cool too. Um, and then he meets Batista, and we and we end up with our first fight scene. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we end up with our first fight. Imagine they cast Batista and wanted him to fight. Imagine that. Also, do you think Ryan Gosling was scared filming this fight scene? I mean, Batista. He's a large big. man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like, oh, we're just going to have him bash you through a wall. Don't worry. Nothing big. Well, he looks like really violent doing it too, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He kind of he kind of nails it. Yeah, he really does. He's like, um, yes, but I do. <laughs> I look convincingly violent. I it was a really cool first scene, I have to say. I yeah. I was into this this uh, opening scene and it reminded me of Batty. Yeah. Oh yeah, with the busting through walls. Yeah, and then when Same. he says uh you know like when he finally is like going to die or whatever and he's like mm. Because you've never seen a miracle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's a that's a cool like line to leave it on, you know? Yeah. Where are we headed with this? Um when Robin Wright says just him, do you remember that part? Mm, yes. So she's like, Oh, it was just like it was just him there, nobody else. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh shit, there's gonna be more people. He's gonna get you know, like something's gonna happen here because I yeah. didn't remember, but I was like, Oh, I think something happens. And then Ryan Gosling finds a grave, yeah, but it's not a grave, it's just a buried box. It's just and a box, like, uh, yeah. Wood Harris calls it something like it's kind of an official name, and uh, <laughs> he just explains it's a box of bones. And I was like, Yeah, you know what? We do that sometimes, we give something a complicated name when what we mean is box of bones. <laughs> well, at the time, I'm like, maybe there's treasure in it. And then... <laughs> it's buried treasure movies. <laughs> yep. Where's Nicolas Cage? He's going to pop out. <laughs> He's like, who is like, Original Constitution. You know? <laughs> it's in the box. You're like, this movie took a left turn. Left turn. At a... Well, why do they speak Russian in California? That's a good question. I was wondering that as well. I was like, is this a city speak? Remember? But it sounds an awful lot like. A Slavic kind of language and not like the combination of Korean, Japanese, and German or whatever they said. I know. That's what I was thinking. I was like, this doesn't sound like the uh, city speak that they had before. Mm-hmm. So. But I thought it was really interesting the way they were showing like the sprawling Los Angeles. I mean, oh, yeah. so much city. Oh, yeah. Um, that's that's urban sprawl for you. I have things to say about it, but I'm not going to because it's not the point. But if any city is going to turn into this kind of hellscape, it's you know probably Los it's, Angeles. It's Although, LA. Although Mexico City is also pretty bad in this way. Um, yes. Which, which they, you know, oh, we need a shittier Los Angeles. There we go. <laughs> Got it. No offense to you, anybody who's listening in Mexico City. I can't um, imagine they don't know. <laughs> that was like when we were talking to people in Houston. Um, yeah. Can't imagine they don't know. Oh, 
Houston's a good one too. I know. That's well, funny, any right? Texas city really is. Yep. And this is not anything against Texas cities are just sprawling. Is the it is something against Texas cities. I don't know if you remember, but I fuck with Texas. <laughs> you fuck with Texas. And I well, do not mean that I fuck with them like in a good way. I fuck with them in a bad way. <laughs> it was interesting because we, we know at this point that Ryan Gosling is a replicant. We like know this mm. already. Yeah. They, and, they, uh, they say that quickly. And I was like, Hey, that's, I thought that this would be a plot point, but no, there it is. I mean, it is, but it's not. Yeah, it's just a given. Yeah, and um, it's it's just. I thought it was so interesting and like fascinating the way that he they show him walking. He just can't look anybody in the eye. Yeah, I know the way they're treating him. Just going home. I was like, damn, this is intense. It's shitty, right? Yeah, I'm glad I'm not a replicant, and everybody knows because <laughs> this is what they'll do to me. And then we we've had several. At least, at least two at this point references to calling him a Skinner. Mm. I'm like, what is that slang for replicant? You know, like mm. it's a weird. Yeah, that, yeah, I figured it has to be because you know, right? And and you know, so he goes home and he's like talking to somebody, and I was like, oh, I feel like this is a disembodied voice, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I know. Um, I was I was a little bit like, uh oh, what are we getting weird voiceover? I, anytime I hear a disembodied voice in a Blade Runner movie, I get worried. But it was a woman, so I was like, oh, what's going on here? And not just any woman. It was Anna <laughs> Anna of the Armus. Um <laughs> not just any woman. That's, <laughs> that's how they should introduce her anytime she goes someplace. And not just any woman. It's Anna of the Armus. <laughs> Anna was a Anna D Armus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's one his uh Anna hologram here. Mm-hmm. And um she's an attractive woman. I could take is... her or leave her. Really? Yeah, she's fine. Wow. That's yeah, I'm not like I'm not just dis- you know, whatever. It's really cool the way they show her as see-through though. Like that's oh, I know actually. I don't know really how they did that. Digital effects well done because like they could that could look really goofy if they did it wrong, and it just looks great. Because okay, so you know, and it was neat the way they showed that thing that like moved around the room mm-hmm. for her, right? Yeah. And then they he's like, "I got an whatever. emanator." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now she can just appear anywhere. I'm like, "How the fuck does that happen?" That doesn't seem to work because she seems to need a specific thing like she needs a light her. source. Like, yeah. Yeah. But this thing, she just and it doesn't even shine. It just in in its presence, she can pop up, which. Okay, but at the same time, you know. I thought it was really dumb. I'm like, you can't just say the word emanator, and now we're like, oh, hey, look, it's uh, the hologram that exists anywhere. Yeah, it was like no light source. It was a leap in technology that didn't really make any sense. Yeah. I uh... And also, like, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like, oh, well, I can finally upgrade from this 30-year-old technology to something much better. It's like they came up with that, like, what, in the last year? Like, yeah. Well, anyway. I was just like, I, to me, it was like, I don't know. I'm, I'm like, hey, here's a word that we can put into the script that'll make it mm. so that we can have Annie Darmus in, in more of the movie. <laughs> yeah, so she can leave the house. They could have just had the thing projecting a light source or something. It wouldn't have looked good, but no. I also think, like, you know, <laughs> she no, could have no. just been like a robot. You know, like that's true. Well, you know, I, for some reason, they probably they seem to have wanted to. Be- go away from the direction of robots since that's what replicants are so they're like what's replicants even... aren't robots though yeah they're i know just humans but, but they're at least physical they exist in physical space i think they want to like go what's one step beyond what's one step even more fake than a robot and it's like a projection you know it's like a hologram 
Well, then, you know, you know what they could have done? They could have have had him wear glasses where that's how he sees her. That would be cool. Right? I like that idea. You should write that in something. Go. Okay. Glasses. Are you you doing it? Oh, well done. I actually just wrote J and it moved me away from where I was. (laughs) I hate to tell you, but J is not how you spell glasses. (laughs) Well, it's like when I uh, when I did the spelling bee. Mm-hmm. Christ, I do remember that. <laughs> Rehearsal? K walked off yep. the stage. <laughs> I think you swore too. I can't remember, but you seem to remember. Or you began to swear and then just, man, you stormed off the stage. It's hilarious. <laughs> I was really embarrassed. Well, it was, re- I mean, it's funny because it made me remember it much more vividly than I stormed <laughs> off. But I was like, I wanted to laugh out loud. I was like, that is the funniest thing. Like, it felt like you were doing a bit. <laughs> it was so you. It was so perfectly you. So, yep. I, I don't know why I said K. K was the first letter that popped out of my mouth, and I'm like, well, that's not right. Goodbye. Well, it seems it seems lame to me that like I get that you can't just name letters until you happen to get the right ones, but like uh, any kind of misspeaking and you're done. And it's like that's misspeaking is not not knowing how to spell. So right, like I knew how that. to spell rehearsal. It's, yeah. you know, K-A-T, right? So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but yeah, no, I, it was embarrassing. So anyway, um, so, oh, so he goes up to the, to the roof with her and it's mm-hmm. raining and mm-hmm. um, her hologram interacts with the rain. I thought it was really cool the way they showed her how as much as I didn't like that it's like, oh, it's an emanator. Yeah. Um, I did like the way they showed her digital presence, you know, like adapting to the surroundings that that, that it's in. You know also very cool. And this at this part I was wondering, is she like a fully sentient AI? Or it seems like just, it, doesn't it? Seems like it, but at the same time she might just be programmed to be whatever he wants which is including to seem sentient and that's a whole question that i don't even understand so i'm not going to get into but i like that they also didn't really touch on that exactly it was kind of left for however you interpret her right i also was like oh a lot of rain in la again mm-hmm. but also seemingly is that snow or is it like ash do you know what that is later and also Where? in the first scene i don't oh i don't know that's a good question i I took it as snow. Yeah, but I don't know if it was get cold suddenly in LA. Was it in LA though? It was either in LA or very nearby, like at uh, the Batista farm, which I know is not what it was. <laughs> I thought, you know, maybe it's like a nuclear fallout type. That's what thing. I interpreted it as. And it looked cool either way. So whatever. Well, apparently it was actually in Iceland. So, oh, well, there you go. They're like, oh, I guess it rains in LA now because it's, I mean, snow's in LA now because it's snowing. Well, and he's like just about to get it on with Anna, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> yeah. And the fucking phone ring. I was like, "That's messed up!" Like right in the middle of him getting it on with his hologram. <laughs> What's well, the problem with having a hologram girlfriend? It's the the phone call just goes right through. It's like having a relationship with your phone. You know, you're getting all hot and bothered, and then just oh my god. <laughs> I mean, you know, I kind of have that relationship with my phone. You know, but just just because of what I can see on it. Anyhow, um, <laughs> not necessary to explain. And then we get the Russian guy from Ant Man. Yeah, I know David Dost Dostmalchian. Dost. I knew how to pronounce it one one time. 
I didn't know his name at all. I just knew yeah, him as the I, Russian guy from Ant Man. He's also a polka dot man from the Suicide Squad. Oh yeah, from the new Suicide Squad. Yeah, the Suicide Squad, not Suicide Squad. Yeah, the. Despite having many of the same actors from Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah, and uh, <laughs> but missing the best one. I don't know Will who Smith. you think the best one is. Will Smith. Oh, well, I mean, he was replaced with a different character played by Idris Elba, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. You know, I know we're going to end up doing that one, the Suicide Squad, I mean. Mm -hmm. I didn't really think it was all that great. I loved it. I know you did. So, I was really expecting to like it, and I was like, oh, okay. It'll be interesting then. Yeah, we'll have to do it. Maybe I'll like it more on the second viewing. Anyway. Maybe I'll hate it on the second viewing. We'll see. So we get another reference to, like, Skinner here. He's like, sentimental skin job. Yeah. And he's like, oh, sorry. Um, so I guess Skinner is slang for skin job, which is also slang for replicant. Yeah. I, I love when slang turns into slang turns into slang. It's great. Yeah. It actually is sort of believable. I could see, I could see how oh, that yeah. would progress there. Yeah, that's how language works. It's just fun. Like, soon it's just going to be FK, and then it's just going to be... Something else. Did you say FK? SK for Skinner. Oh. You damn SKs. Or your SJs for skin jobs. I thought you were saying FKs and FK Habenschlaber. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought about him several times during this. I was like, I wonder if FK Habenschlaber is going to come back. Because <laughs> there are some freaky, like, you know, set pieces. And I was like, this isn't quite the level of the living toys, but definitely some freaky stuff at some points well now we know what the miracle was that was witnessed that uh mm -hmm. batista mm -hmm. was because it was a baby Which, born of I'm a replicant not, i'm not i'm not getting how that happened but okay i guess we'll just move on with it i don't get how it wouldn't have happened before you know like did they build them without uteruses i guess yeah i think they built them without i guess i don't you're right i <laughs> i don't know because I mean, you know, if they're just human, other than other than you know, it's make like genetically changing their composition so that they don't have the ability to have babies, which is certainly possible, then sure, you know, uh -huh. fine, that wouldn't have happened. But we all know that Rachel was was built in a way that could. This is why I didn't understand in this whole like I don't know how to make them able to have babies, and I'm like, well, just clone a fucking human. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't like, I don't really get what, what is, the, okay. <laughs> no, you can keep, you can keep uh, complaining. I'm fine with it. <laughs> well, I just, I didn't understand it. I'm like, I don't understand how this is like a thing here. Like what, what is so difficult to like, I made a woman. How do I make her have other women? <laughs> well, have infinite supply of women. Yeah. Make a, make a man. And then, and then you see the, you see Jared. You put a penis inside a vagina and ejaculate and impregnates them. I think Jared knows that. Yeah, Jared fucking knows all. He only knows that if they're underage. Um, That's true. <laughs> he's like, you can't do that with adult women. Are you crazy? <laughs> um, so then we get like, you know, we kind of go back to the, uh, to the chief's office here, Robin Wright. And she's like, you're talking about like, You've made it so far, this far, happy enough without a soul. It's like, uh -huh. fuck, that's... Yeah, they are cruel to this guy. I know. I'm feeling pretty sorry for Ryan Gosling here. 
Yeah, he's also got a hangdog expression that made me feel bad for him. I know. Uh, we head back to the pyramid in the middle of L.A. I know you're yeah. dying to do that. I loved it. <laughs> and there's the Pan Am sign. And there's Pan Am, which I noticed. And it's like, hey, Pan Am does not exist and hasn't for a while. <laughs> but what were you going to say? I'm sorry. You loved it? Oh, I just love it. I think it's great, you know, design of, of something <laughs> that looks awful. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. nobody wants that in the middle of their city, I don't think. Except for ancient Egyptians. Yeah. Well, they didn't have it in the middle of their city either. So. That's true. And it's a monument to the dead, you know? Right. Which is apropos mm. i guess mm. um then we hear about the uh the blackout 10 days of darkness everything wiped clean i mean this sounds pretty great yeah <laughs> um yeah i actually thought this was this exposition was okay too yeah i was okay with it i i was fine with the exposition actually um i i enjoyed that ryan gosling's character k was like he named you you must be special mm. she's named love and i was like do we get to meet mr wallace at any point I mean, I I know now that you do, but I was yeah. wondering, is it going to be Ving Rhames? <laughs> that would have been an improvement because that would have been cool. That would have been a, a huge improvement. So then he he goes and interviews Edward James Olmos, which I thought was kind of fun. And he yeah makes a goose or something. I don't know. I can't remember what the animal was now. He should he should do origami versions of all of Decker's animals. He should. I don't know why they didn't do that. That's stupid. You're stupid. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> All right. So now we find out it's not Ving Rames, it's Jared Leto, apparently. <laughs> Ving Rames? Oh, I can't tell you how many times I've been disappointed <laughs> thinking something was Ving Rames and it ended up being Jared Leto. Yeah. Pretty much every time it's Jared Leto, I'm disappointed. Hey, how do Moving you think on. this woman auditioned for this role of naked woman covered in goop? Yeah. I don't know. That's a gross. That is, that is appropriately gross the way that she falls from that plastic sack yeah like plastic wrapped human and is just covered in this disgusting goo and i don't i was like is this someone i know because i don't think it is but um god that was disgusting yeah <laughs> i can only imagine the audition i mean first of all why did he kill the replicant i didn't really understand that i don't know because he's fucking crazy i didn't understand that either like I get like why does he have like weird like is he blind? What's going on with his face? I think he's blind, and I think those little drones enable him to see somehow. I don't know. It wasn't really it wasn't really ever made clear. So I don't know. I didn't really I thought that was I, I didn't like that. Um I don't know that I did either. And she doesn't even get a single line, this poor woman. Yeah, she Actress. just shipped like shivers and you know, that's it. Like you know uh, screenplay shivers and that's you know yeah she just she didn't get a single line she just has to stand naked be fondled and then kissed yeah. by jared leto yeah wow and simulated stat you know uh, i guess disemboweled practically yeah weird so then anyway we leave that and we get the motorcycle sound and i was like this mm -hmm. is crazy to me this is actually just a male choir yeah I liked it. That's a really fun confluence of the mechanical and the, the the human, you know, like it. Yeah, like a replicant. Yeah. So we get there's a very reminiscent uh, part of this uh, this movie from the first movie when the prostitutes mm -hmm. come up to talk to Kay. Yeah. I you'd think that he could just change the notification sound so that people don't know that it's his hologram Anna Darmus every time. Yeah. Um. It's like a known thing, I guess. And it like, why is it even occur? Oh, it's the notification thing? Because like, I didn't even understand why it was going off sometimes. Yeah, I didn't really understand it either. 
and like it's is, is that Peter and the Wolf is what it is? I have no idea because it was just like it was like does Anna want to talk to you? Is that what's going on? Like yeah, I don't know. And well, anyway, it's you know they they talk about the blackout some more, and I'm like, man, I want to see the movie about the blackout. He's got this horse figurine, and he turns it over, and he sees. 6, 10, 21, and then we get a, in an image of a kid holding a horse in front of a fire. I'm like, well, why, is it, why is any of this happening? And then I was like, is Ryan Gosling actually the child of Rachel, who I'm assuming is the replicant who had the baby? I think it was pretty close to that. I, yeah, you were not, you know, that is at least where they were leading you to with the information you had. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I shouldn't pat myself on the back too hard as I've seen the movie before. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, you you ostensibly don't remember it. So right, fine. exactly. And then we get... A, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah, it's nope. Peter and the Wolf, the music that he plays. That's the really... Prokofiev song, um, whenever he... When his little notification sound, and I was wondering during... At the time, I was like, why? Why Peter and the Wolf? But whatever. <laughs> I wasn't able to put it together, but... Yeah, me either. But, uh, but now we get to... We go back to the the Russian guy from Ant Man who's in the lab trying to figure stuff out, mm-hmm. and Love stops by and gruesomely mm-hmm. kills him. Really nasty, just yeah, like to the back of the head, and he just chokes like blood is coming out of his eyes. Like how hard did she hit him? <laughs> exactly, it's really gruesome. So, and now we're gonna cut back to uh, Kay having a memory, and um, why are all the other kids bald except him? This is an excellent question. Uh, you know, it made me think of the guy who led him in the archives, who was bald and kind of funky looking. Yeah. And I was like, is baldness a, like a weird thing that occurs? Like, what? Like, I know baldness is a thing that occurs, but is there a reason <laughs> that we're seeing all this baldness? I, I don't know if it was like you know how everyone's bald in uh, Alien Three because they just explained that there's a lice thing going on. Maybe it's that. I don't know. So now they're going to have a conversation. Him and Anna are going to have a conversation about DNA code. Um, yeah. And she's like, I've got DNA. It's ones and zeros. And it's, it's half as much, but twice as elegant. Mm-hmm. Or she, she, I think Ryan Gosling she says half as much. He says twice as elegant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like that, actually. I did too. And uh, are those the, uh, it, that's human DNA as well? It's not just replicant? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know anything about DNA. Oh, I don't know. Well, see, this is the thing. Uh, anyway, it's guy. Okay, this is this is what I don't like about this. Is like, okay, so you're making humans. Mm-hmm. These aren't androids, so you don't have to figure out how to fucking make a baby. Like, anyway, <laughs> I enjoy your your consternation at this. <laughs> not that it's not that it's ill founded. It's just I enjoy that it frustrates you for some reason. I like the way they show Anna's transparency again. It's really uh, oh it's really yeah clever. Yeah, actually, I I like. I mean. I agree. And I was sh- going to spoil rank related things, but no, I absolutely agree. And then the way they show the scenery too. I mean, the world is kind of beautiful in, in oh, yeah. that it's awful, but it's, you know, like yeah, Mad Max Fury Road style, you know? Oh, exactly. Actually, as soon as this movie ended, HBO Go recommended Mad Max Fury Road to me. And I was like, did it really? That's funny. Yeah. I was like, yeah, no, I could see wanting, you know, thinking that that's what I want next. See, I can't because I can't imagine watching two of that oh, type of movie in a row. <laughs> it's just, that's, that's a lot. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely true. So the Los Angeles municipal waste processing or San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> that's a funny swipe. At, at second largest city in California. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they get quite a shot. They're able to harpoon his ship. 
Like, no, I know. How long is that fucking rope? And why were they trying to harpoon it? Like, scrap metal, I guess. Scrap I metal, know. but like, but it looks like they're pulling it down themselves with their arms. You know, like, yeah, exactly. You really think you're gonna be, like? You wouldn't do that in real life with a car. You wouldn't be like, "I'll oh, stop that car," and just like. Well, they like make... shot a an electromagnetic pulse or something because remember oh, everything dies and then he just goes down. It's not really, it's not really scrap anymore though. If you've caused the the accident, but whatever. But then you know, like he kind of. I don't know. He he like passes out or whatever, and the, the all the electrical equipment's not working, and the anadarmus is like, ah, you know. And I'm I like, she froze. Yeah, I was like, oh, you gotta hit, um, you know, Control Shift Escape and get to Task Manager, you know, <laughs> anadarmus Task Manager, and restart the whole thing. See what processes are running. I bet, I bet, I bet those joys are full of bloatware, you know, like <laughs> all this stuff that you can't turn off. Yeah, exactly. That's just um, like real women, am I right? <laughs> and I was thinking, like, does this mean that And Armis is gone now? Because that would make me sad. <laughs> okay, I like that would be an her. unceremonious exit of, from the movie for her during this part, which is love shooting missiles at people while getting her nails did. Yeah, but uh, we hear about Galatian syndrome, mm -hmm. and I'm like, what the hell is Galatian syndrome? It's never said. I, is it a real thing? I didn't look. I guess oh, I should look it up. I'm going to look it up right now. Okay. Oh, so it's not. It's just in Blade Runner 2049. A phenomenon that. where an artificially created being such as replicants began to develop human-like emotions and desires. Oh, there you go. Okay. Okay. That makes more sense. Okay. Well, you know, that would have helped if we had known what the fuck Galatian syndrome was. <laughs> what is this world, by the way? How, how would people be okay with, with doing this? You know? Oh, I have no idea. I, I assume it's just the 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 lack of caring from roughly the time the first Blade Runner was made just continues and exaggerates and spirals out of control because you always pass the buck to the next generation. You know who cares if the world gets ruined? And then by the time the world's ruined, you're like the world's ruined. So what do I care? Yeah, yeah, it's just gross. I just it was gross the way they were treating these kids. Um, mm -hmm. And it's crazy how many kids they had in there. Oh, I know. It's like a so many. Like that's what I was thinking. I was like, okay, you can't even keep track of all these, especially when they're all, their heads are all shaved. And you don't even know who's who. And you know, like, okay, so I know that, like, he's he Villeneuve is like they're both in alternate universes, but I don't think when Blade Runner came out that it was like I were in an alternate universe. You mm -hmm. know, I just I want to know what's the progression of events that leads the world to be this disgusting. Well, you know, it did make me think of, you know, sweatshops all over the world where little kids make iPhones. So, and like, we don't care because we get our products. So, yeah, I guess that's true. It's easy to look the other way when you're not looking at these kids doing the slave labor. But, you know, they're Chinese. So, <laughs> sorry, I mean, that's really bad. Yeah, let's just cut that out of life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's move on. Uh, so the pages for the year Gosling is looking for are ripped out of the book. Um, mm. But did he even say a year? I don't know if he did or not. <laughs> I don't said, remember him saying a year. Okay. He said a long time ago. He said, I, don't, I think he said about 30 years ago. Yeah. And the guy, the guy said, we don't keep records that old. And then they did. So, okay. Right. But 30 years ago, it would have been 2019 because it's 2049, right? Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Also, what so here's the other thing is like so okay but the kid wasn't born in an orphanage yeah right so 
did they go to the orphanage right away? It was like June 10th birth, June 11th orphanage. I don't think so. It was, it was on Rachel's, you know, to-do list. Right. Well, she gave she birth. Did. Go to organ orphanage. Oh, right. That's true. It was on Rick Deckard's to-do list. He's like, <laughs> well, yeah, he's like, I, I don't do want anything to do with this. this. Yeah. yeah. I, don't know I kept do telling, well. you know, give it to a sweatshop. Where's my hanger? Um, <laughs> Post-birth abortion. <laughs> so, I mean, could you imagine? I could see Rick Deckard doing it after the way, you know, they fell in love with his oh, rapiness. Yeah. yeah, that was the thing. I was like, are we supposed to fondly remember their relationship? That's what I was thinking, too. I'm like, who is going like, oh, man, it'd be so great to see Rachel again because, you know, she seemed to really have a good relationship here with this guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, I was enjoying the detective aspect of this movie, though. Oh, yeah, me too. I feel like this was more fully formed, the detective aspect in this movie, than it was in the first, actually. Um. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, maybe could have been better fully formed, even here. Oh, yeah. I just meant it was better than the first. Yeah. I, I wasn't saying, this is a really good... Anyway. So, he's going to find his horsey and um, know that it wasn't an implanted memory, right? Because he's going to go mm -hmm. see the, the one person that makes memories for all replicants, apparently. Yeah. Um, and who's living in some odd circumstances, but okay. Yeah. So, you know, she's like, that's a real memory, but doesn't mm -hmm. say anything else. I, well, she's I, often broken up to, about it. I know. And I, I'm trying not to jump ahead here. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we, we get some very Pinocchio vibes next where Anna Darmus is being like, this boy. Yeah. She's a little too excited about this. Yeah. And then she's like, let's name you Joe. And then we find <laughs> out later that that's just programming. That's just programming is what they call them. That's, I was thinking... Why, why Joe? And then I, later, I was like, I would not have let her call me Joe. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I was started like, not, I mean, could you have at least thought of a name that started with K? You know? Yeah, Co. But uh, what is what Kevin. is? Um, I'm thinking uh, uh, from uh, me, uh, Full Metal Jacket. What is the what is the the the, the Vietnamese prostitute call all the the Americans? I think she calls them all Joe. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's that must be the reference. Um, must be, and of course she's Joy, so that's like maybe that's also part of it. But she likes J's, not um, K's. Thank you. <laughs> I'd really like to see what the rest of this world looks like. Like, what does the Northeast look like? That's a good question. Does the rest of anything even exist? You know, like who that's knows? what I want to know. So yeah, now now we're gonna meet the the memory lady and uh, the machine. And that's a real memory. Um. So now he's, he's going to go see Robin Wright again. She's like, hey, you're like malfunctioning. What's wrong with you? And he's like, yeah, his baseline is way off, whatever, because of that fucking weird test that they do. Yep. And then uh, he lies about killing the kid. I don't know. And then, you know, your, your general aspect here is actually reflecting how I felt at this point in the movie where I'm like, how much of this movie do we have left exactly? Because yeah. <laughs> we seem to have gone through a lot. I but And, and yet, there seems to be a lot left. Uh, that's what I was thinking. And it seemed, I, I'm sorry, the fact that there's one person doing memory seems pretty far-fetched. Um, I do want to see the machine, though, that can visualize your memories and thoughts. And this is what I was thinking of when last night my wife tells me that she can't visualize anything. I know. And I'm like, so, so would this crazy. machine just not have anything? And what is she thinking when she watches this? Like, that's clever that they would do that. 
<laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Like this can't. This isn't the only movie or or you know con- piece of media content that has showed visualizing memories. You know. So I'm just curious, like what she thought of when she saw. Anyway. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's just science fiction. Nobody can actually do that. You know. Meanwhile, I'm watching it like that'd be cool if I could see my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know how they they never explain that that he can think of it and she can see it. I don't know. Yeah, they don't they don't explain it. It's uh, it's called an uh, you know, an enabler. Just give it a name, and we can yeah. explain it away. Because what's the thing that Anadarmus comes out of? And then the emanator. Emanator. Yeah, just give it a fucking name. So now we're gonna go back to his apartment, and we're gonna have a sex scene. Yeah. You know, that's made me really right now. Yeah, actually, but whatever. I, I actually wrote, so I'm all for seeing an Anadarma sex scene, but I'm not sure why we're having this right now. Not Doesn't sure why he need we're to run? Yes, yeah. yeah, it's just an odd time. Like, okay, this is the time to do this, and and also the way that it goes about happening is, I don't know, it was strange to me. Yep, it was very odd to like have her be like on top of the girl. I'm like, I get this is neat, Dennis. Neat idea. No, it's neat, and the the visual Different effects actually were were cool. Yeah, and I like the way that they don't quite meld correctly. So like, yeah, every so often their faces are just like are separate, or it's the wrong one, and it's very interesting the way the technology isn't quite perfect there. <laughs> yeah, it's. I I mean, it was really cool, but I also am just like you know, Dennis, man, this this scene, this. This is a different movie we're having right mm-hmm. now. I don't understand. And it's all this. So we have this whole thing so that this woman, the prostitute, can put a tracking device in his jacket. Yeah. Seems like there could have been an easier way to get that in his jacket, but whatever, you know. No, no. We we, we, we have nothing but time to kill in this movie, so. Yes, clearly. Let's just keep adding as much as possible. Now Joy wants to be a real girl. And, mm-hmm. you know, she wants to be real for him. Which, she actually says, I want to be a real girl because now yeah. he's a real boy. I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> she's going to use another person's body for it briefly, I guess. I don't know. And then I liked the next morning when the, I don't even know the prostitute's name, but when she I've wakes been up. inside you. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Joy's like, uh, yeah, I'm done with you. You can leave now. And Joy said, I was like, well, okay. Hey, enjoy. Joy. Huh. How about that? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. So now he needs to go to where there's a bunch of tritium, I guess, or tritium or whatever. Yeah, whatever that is. And I'm guessing that's where we're going to find old Harry Ford, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he finds life with his drone. So he's, you know, he's out at this in the wastelands, basically. And he's like, oh, look, there's life over here. And it looks like it's about 20 miles away. Mm-hmm. And he's got a vehicle, but he just starts walking. Yep. Why not walk there through all the weird landscape, which I loved, by the way. Yeah, me but... too. But I'm just like, does does nobody have a sense of urgency? <laughs> no, no one making the movie certainly has any sense of urgency. I'll tell you that right now. Um, what was with all these statues though? It was really neat, but I didn't understand yeah. it. Well, are I was we supposed to like to... not. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was gonna say, are we meant to like not really know exactly what's going on here, and it's just a weird future scape? Well, I think it's meant to show like sort of the debauchery that. Las Vegas turned into or something, but I don't know. Yeah. I was kind of wondering, is is there stuff kind of like that already, but like not to the scale? And I don't really know anything about Las Vegas. So 
Well, they have a lot of, they don't have, they, they're not so like open about like, hey, look, you can see naked women here. You know, we really like sex in Las Vegas. <laughs> we sure do. That's why the Raiders moved there. So love, now we're going to go back and she's going to inter, you know, she's going to, um, not interview, what do you call it? Interrogate mm-hmm. Robin Wright. And she just straight up kills her. So yep. I was like, okay. Gets so no information, did. kills her. So that's nice. Kind of. Okay, so there's this little bit of the scene where she just throws Robin back down and her head bounces off the desk. Yeah. I thought that was pretty good, actually. It's like, wow, that's fucking cold as shit. And and I'll be honest, actually, I liked the fact that Robin Wright was in this movie. I'll tell you why. It, it actually goes along with my Sean Young discussion before. It feels like old male actors can just play like grizzled police chiefs anytime they want. But you know, a woman turns forty and she's too old to do anything. This one, she's like the she's the she's the madam, I guess is what they call her. But you know, there's no reason she can't be the police chief. You know? So, yeah, I, like I liked her, and I thought, well, we'll yeah. get to her. But you know, I, I thought she was pretty good. How is Rick staying alive in this wasteland? Unknown. I don't. I guess he's got food. I don't really know where. where. I don't know. He's got tons of alcohol. We've he's got whiskey by. for the dog. So I thought it was kind of fun because now he's like once again hunting a replicant. Sort of. Mm-hmm. How did the place even have power? Uh, I, I don't know. And you know what else I was thinking? Um, Rick Rick still can't really win fights. Yeah, well, I mean, he's 80. Like, you know. <laughs> That's true, but he wasn't able to win fights when he was, you know, 40 either. So. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, in this case, it's pretty bad because he's not winning against somebody who's not even fighting. Yeah. So we get a holographic Elvis show. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, it was, and I was thinking, like, this would be really distracting in, in a fight, you know? Like, just <laughs> I really want to kill this guy, but Elvis is such a showman. I yeah, can't, I can't not appreciate it. That's that's my problem every time I get into a fight. It's just I think about Elvis. How cool would it be to have this whole hotel to yourself, though? Well, yeah, but as you say, there's no other human beings and food sources or it's utilities. I don't know. Well, clearly it does have utilities and food sources because the guy's fucking alive for 90 years. I don't know. I, long, I don't know. It, well, it was what, 2019 in the movie? In mm. the first movie? So 30 years later, he survived 30 years. Just on whiskey. Well, I guess not 30 years, right? Because the kid was born in 2021 and Rachel died. So it had to have been after that. But either way, I bet he was. I bet he left before. Like He's like, you're pregnant? Okay, see ya. <laughs> I know. I gotta get cigarettes. Uh, but yeah, Ryan Gosling's finally like, I want to ask you some questions. And I'm like, like what? Are you my daddy? Yeah, um, much. I just the, the this whole premise tour is like sometimes if you love something, you have to leave it. I'm like, why even fucking have a child then? Mm-hmm. Well, he wanted to bang Rachel, and that's what happened. So he's like, I wasn't expecting it either. Yeah, okay. Again, I'm telling you, he was like, Where's the hanger? Yeah. Um well, you know, we know he's such a decent guy as far as getting with Rachel is concerned. So, <laughs> yeah. Do you think the other worlds and colonies, like the off-world colonies, are nicer than this? I certainly hope so. Otherwise, what's the fucking point? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Because Earth sure seems like a hellhole. Yeah, um, so unless you're unless you're the one rich guy who owns the corporation and you get the cool interiors, you know, there's not even any place nice to go, like on vacation. And uh-oh. The Wallace Corp has found them. Oh, no, yeah. And boy, Love really turned into a psychopath, huh? I know. She goes bonkers. I kind of liked it, though. I was like, well, she's going all in. She's just much better than everyone else. And she even says later, I'm the best. 
So I know that was actually I liked that. But what a bitch! Like what she does to Kay at the oh, end here. She kills Joy. Kills Joy. That was like you know, I know, but I did actually feel sad at that point because you know anything irrevocable makes me sad. So yeah, yeah. Well, plus like for if if nothing else, Ryan Gosling is a good actor. Mm-hmm. Like oh, yeah, because you care about him so. Um, and you know, Joy, last words to him, I love you. But then you know, it does make me think: is that just programming, or does she love him? And that must be what you know. I feel like I feel like Kay wonders that too. Am I even? Oh, definitely. Especially when you know he, see, he sees, yeah. yeah, and when he sees that she calls everybody Joe, everybody later. Joe. Yeah, the, yeah the, and he, that part specifically, the look, his the look on his face is anguishing, and like it could just mean so many things, and I, I like it a lot. But we'll get to that later. <laughs> But you know what I wrote next? How was there still 40 minutes left of this movie? I think I think at this point as well, I was like, is this the final showdown? Very much no. <laughs> so they left K alive, which makes no fucking sense to me. Yeah, or just kill him. I, right. And, and and I think it would have been even better if they had killed him. Mm. And it turned out he was the kid. Yeah. So like Robin Wright wins, even though she's dead, and they lose. And then, mm-hmm. and then the, the last scene is Jared Leto killing love. I mm-hmm. think that's that's the better movie, just because it could have ended right now. <laughs> <laughs> and then the prostitute saves him. Yeah, which was okay. surprising. Sure, I forgot I forgot about her, and I was like, oh, she's back. Yep. And Gosling is fucked up; like he does not look good. Um, mm-hmm. And and then they're like, you know talking about how they had a kid and the miracle and stuff they're like you know a bunch of replicants being like we're replicants and blah 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 and then they do the line we're more human than humans i'm like mm-hmm. no that's not that's not how it works <laughs> still not the it's case you're, just you're just human which yeah <laughs> i'm sorry but this is this is my new favorite pet annoyance of yours <laughs> um yeah i was what talk about a, a hurried plot line that then disappears like yeah we've we've got this underground resistant resistance that's an army of replicants and then goodbye okay yeah so now you have to go kill deckard yeah. kill and deckard because like, why does he have to kill deckard yeah i don't understand that kill wallace right yeah I was gonna... doesn't it make more sense to kill wallace yeah you know actually start the movie more in the middle-ish and the, the mission of the movie is he has to go kill wallace that might work too and I mean, start like in the middle-ish. I don't mean add that onto this movie. Uh, the nine-hour cut. And it was sad to find out that he really was just a replicant. By the way, that was I liked that twist a lot actually because it was a twist I, of the twist. Yeah, I liked it too, but I but I felt sad. For, I felt really bad for him. Oh know? yeah, I know. That's what I mean. It's kind of heart wrenching where they're like, "We all wish we were." And he's like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah." He's like, "But no, you don't understand. See, I have the memory, which." Now I'm like, well, then why the fuck does he have the memory? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's just never explained. She's like, oh yeah, here's a replicant that has a memory. I, I assumed that that is just a memory they gave a number of replicants or something, you know, and she based it on her own memory. I don't know. That wasn't really explained. You're right, but well, because she did... says she doesn't give anybody real memories. Yeah, that's true. And then she says it's a real memory. Is all she says. She right, and it's her fucking memory. memory. Yeah. Like, 
maybe it was an like that's a that's a good point like they really should have explained why that was the case it might even have been an accident or something she was right because all i was it. thinking is like because okay remember they said that one died because it had galatian syndrome or whatever mm-hmm. which which now i understand to mean like it's a replicant who got killed who got decommissioned yeah. right but one was a boy and one was a girl and i'm like oh well maybe it's because like he was the boy yeah but no no it's not <laughs> it's just for no reason i guess it's just for no reason I'm, okay so anyway so then they're like making like a uh, deckard's a replicant but that kind of goes away pretty quickly yeah um and then he gets fake rachel killed because i guess we should say harrison ford's been taken prisoner by by uh the wallace corp here deckard has and mm-hmm. you know now they're interrogating him and he's like i can make you talk and uh then he gets fake rachel killed he's like well then i have other ways to make you talk and i'm like you're so good jared you method <laughs> actor you he really did spend time as an e- evil guy for this <laughs> he's been researching this role his whole life also so now we're gonna see this is where joe you know you know the anguishing scene where Ugh. he's trying to decide what he wants to do and and then we see Anna DeArmas nude, gigantic. And I was just thinking, like, how weird would that have been to just see a gigantic Anna DeArmas vagina right in front of you? Yeah, it is really interesting that the way they went with that because it shows you that. I mean, it's not a bad thing that society isn't isn't uptight about having like nudity in ads, but that's like a giant three D projection. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't know. It's it's interesting as all. Well. And you know, I I'd actually seen part of, a bit of that scene like in social media and stuff because it's like a little bit of a meme, the her leaning down and saying, "You look lonely. I can fix that." And okay. the sad the sad look on his face. I always just interpreted the sad look on his face to just be ordinary loneliness. So knowing the actual, you know, the actual uh, context of the scene was even more heart wrenching. You know. Yeah. And, and, well, and as well as the point. yeah, and Go as ahead. well as the realization that like oh well okay, my my unique experience perhaps wasn't as unique as all that. So yeah, but not only was it not unique, but like so he's a replicant who doesn't even mm-hmm. have to look at people, look people in the eye, right? Yeah. Then he's like, oh, maybe I'm actually like a natural born human, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, and this joy actually loves me. Mm-hmm. And he's like, not a natural born human, just a replicant. Also, this thing doesn't love me. So and this thing doesn't love me. And like he, you know, and I also get the impression that he was like, well, maybe there's more to me. If there's if there's more to joy, maybe there's more to me too. You know? Right, exactly. And of and course there's not. There's not. And I was a little confused why he didn't just like walk off of a bridge at that point. Yeah, seriously. Why he didn't uh Emma Stone and poor things it. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, so yeah, he decides he's gonna do it. He's gonna go kill Rick Deckard, right? And mm-hmm. uh, he ends up taking down all of Wallace's flying cars. <laughs> I'm gonna kill you and all your flying cars. Yep. Um, takes down the whole fleet. Nobody's like can see him coming. Mm-hmm. You know, he's yeah, just a little too much of a badass. To do that suddenly, but... like he's just got like all. It's like he's suddenly he's Captain Marvel. You know, like I am invincible. So yeah, he should no have, need he to have, have other superheroes. He should have. Yeah, he should have been this badass earlier in the movie. We might not have had this problem. <laughs> exactly. I mean, love is a badass too, 
right? Oh, yeah. But they've, they, he's taken down her car, and it's, like, taking on water. It's, like, in this the ocean, I guess. I don't know. I actually um, wasn't sure where this water was. And also, it seemed really clean for this horrible world. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't look all that clean to me, but whatever. But, yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. It was It was a weird juxtaposition but it's like behind a wall yeah was it was it a dam or something i I, i'm thinking it's like a climate change giant wall thing yeah okay that's my guess anyway it's sad that we didn't notice so (laughs) well you know they didn't say it there's a lot of the world here that you get to see Mm -hmm. but not understand which is you know it's kind of a bummer Mm -hmm. um and uh, so anyway, love ends up winning the fight, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And then she kisses him. <laughs> yeah, because apparently you you decommission replicants with a kiss in this this universe. Yeah, or or, or you decommission humans with a kisses. I'm also just like love. You're basically a Bond villain. You know, yeah. you've had two opportunities to kill him, and both times you didn't. Yeah, it's really stupid. And then she turns around and says, "I'm the best one," <laughs> which is just a funny <laughs> thing to say. It was pretty funny. Um, I'm the best replicant. I win. Yeah. But he's, he comes back. He comes back. He's invincible. And then he really gruesomely kills Love. Oh, I know. It was, that was know, a I, really intense scene. Yeah, part of me was thinking, like, why is he so good suddenly? But also part of me was thinking, this is way badass, so I kind of like it. Well, um, he was really badass with Batista. Yeah. Oh, that's true. You're right. So, um, so yeah, but lifting her up by her throat, you know? Yeah, um, strangling her, and then I was like, he should actually just bring her underwater and kill and her he there because it'll be yeah. And then he's like, oh yeah, I should do that. So, <laughs> and actually, I was convinced he was letting Deckard die as well. I yeah, I wasn't sure what he was. Well, no, I thought he was going to save him. So yeah, he he saves Deckard, and you know, he's like, you you need to kill me, and then he's like, I just did. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, he's alive. I get it. I metaphorically killed him because the transport died, but we've yeah. already established that they can just like exhume anything right yeah. so like, yeah. they're gonna be like there's no uh, deckard body in here yeah so we're, we're not convinced deckard is dead so we're gonna go look but where should we look oh uh, you know the, the the place that he goes to like, yeah he's not on the he's on the lamb anymore he's just floating around going to see what's her face Who's yeah no what it is. i can't remember either so k brings him to his daughter mm-hmm. um and he's just gonna die out here in the snow. And where is this place that's just snowing all the time? I don't um, know. This is very confusing. <laughs> Lovely scene, but I'm not sure what was going on. Yep. But yeah, he just dies out here in this in the snow on the steps. And I'm like, seems like he deserved better than that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and Rick meets his daughter, but does mm-hmm. she know who he is? Does she know that she's like the daughter of the of a replicant? I wish you could have just had a little bit more. In, in this, like, it's hard, it's crazy that I feel like I wanted just a tiny bit more to mm-hmm. answer some of these questions because I definitely did not want more, <laughs> but I did. Um, no, I'm with you. And speaking of which, like, the war that's supposedly coming, did it yeah. come? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you have to stay tuned for Blade Runner 2049 2. I mean, yeah. 2050, 20, I don't know. I think it's a. Fa- I think the the uh, the franchise has been effectively killed off at this point. Shucks. All right. Well, that's the whole movie overview. Let's go to the rank. I think you. If there's a rank category for length, then uh, <laughs> let's get a one. Or it gets a five because it's ultimate length. Ultimate length. There's you are no the longest. Long. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the longest movie. 
wait. All right, well, the rank is where we rank the movie on TED categories. Story, acting, originality, action sequences, chase slash fight scenes, film coherence, hero appeal, villain appeal slash hatred, supporting characters appeal, and the final showdown ranking on a scale of one to five, one being the worst, five being the best. The first category is story, and Zach, you get to start. What do you got? I, you know, I don't know. I gave it a three. I might change it depending on what you say because I don't know. I liked a lot of the story, but also it was so meandering and didn't go anywhere. And how many unresolved like plot threads that come around and then disappear? And and like you said, like somehow there's way too much, but also not enough because nothing's. Ex I mean, I don't want everything explained. I understand like leaving a lot of like the world open and everything like that, but important stuff wasn't explained, and yet you wasted all my time on musing like he's walking a lot like how much slow walking through landscapes was in this movie which i liked but like too much yeah so anyway. i'm right there with you i had a really hard time deciding about the story i gave it a 3.75 it's kind of star wars-esque isn't mm -hmm. it yeah like we must locate the prodigal child i really wonder what it would have looked like as two distinct movies yeah as was described in the potent notables you know mm -hmm. i almost think it might have been I, I really do think it would have been better oh yeah um either way the story was really engaging mm -hmm. you know and i wanted to see how it was going to turn out i, I like the way they built it as a mystery that's unfolding before your eyes but i had trouble with it too it just feels like the movie is too epic for its story mm -hmm. you know uh, anyway i might go down I'll, i'm gonna think about it um Let's go to the next category, which is acting. I gave acting a four. Mm -hmm. I think the acting is really good in this. I didn't like Jared Leto. Mm -hmm. uh, I find that I often don't really like him in roles. Typically, I don't really like him in general. He just feels so inauthentic. And every time he was on screen, it felt like it was, ooh, it's Jared Leto trying something daring. Mm -hmm. But really, it was, it was as if he was a robot. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the actress that played Love was a little uneven as well. So. Yeah. I thought everyone else was pretty good. What do you got? Well, uh, 3.95. So I just wanted to go just below a four because... Because of Jared Leto? A little bit. And actually, the actress who played Love, I actually agree that she was not quite... She was f fine. I don't think anybody was really bad. Um, and that includes Jared Leto. He was kind of basically fine. Just yes. a lot of people could have done roughly that good. So, yeah. But uh, but uh, Ryan Gosling was very good. Anna Darmus was good. And... Uh, Harrison Ford was good. Yeah, the, the older people were also fine. So Robin Wright, I thought, was excellent. Yeah, she was good. Even Edward James almost was okay in his very brief scene, actually. Yeah. Like that. And by okay, I mean they did a good job. I kind of underselling it here. All right. Well, let's go to the uh to the next category, which is which is originality. So what do you have for that? Uh 3.75. I don't know if it was original or not. I I don't know. Um it was original in visually it was very original and fascinating right. I, like just as a visual exercise i kind of loved it but um i don't know the, like the story wasn't super original in that you know it didn't like blaze new like you said it's just you know it's your standard we got to find the kid story and like they didn't even fully commit to it so i don't know um i guess that's it is all i have to say is if you know there were definitely interesting parts that were original but overall it was actually kind of mundane so i'm gonna move my story down to a three mm -hmm. um because i've been thinking about it more and more and actually doing the movie overview with you i was like yeah this really mm -hmm. was very disjointed 
Uh, but anyway, so for originality, I gave it a 3.35. I thought the originality was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, however, they definitely relied on people knowing the first movie for a lot of scenes, mm. which I don't like. Um, I would give it high scores for the world building, but was this world already built? Yeah. You yeah, that's, that's a, yeah, that's a good point. Just I just think it deserves credit for what it was what it what it was able to achieve visually but uh it's not really overwhelmingly original in my opinion so well a, a critic is some years ago uh you know within the last 10 years or so coined the phrase legacy sequel meaning it's a legacy sequel um because we're getting tons of them um because every other thing has to be the continuation of some 40 30 year old property which i guess is fine but what and kind of takes away from originality inherently since you're just continuing something else and like building on that world and using it as a visual and you know storytelling inspiration and i just wish that we didn't have to do that quite as much if you wanted to tell a blade runner story that's fine maybe go in a completely new direction though maybe you don't need to incorporate deckard and, and rachel um maybe it can be not just another guy who's hunting replicants maybe What's life like on those outer planets or whatever? Maybe what's life like elsewhere than LA? Too yeah. many of these, too many of these legacy sequels are just like, it's this movie again. Remember? You liked that. Yeah. And I'm except like, that people didn't like this one. Except people didn't like this one, but at least they were, you know, at least culty, cultishly, they like it somewhat, I guess, maybe. I don't know. Filmmakers liked it. Maybe it's like uh, the Velvet Underground, who, you know, only a few people bought the album, but everyone who did formed a band. Maybe it's like that, like filmmakers like this movie and Danny Villeneuve was excited to make it or something. I don't know. Um, I, poor Harrison Ford gets nothing but these legacy sequels offered offers to him. He's like, hey, remember that? Remember they're like, remember that role you did? You want to do that again? And he's like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> You're gonna pay me a bunch of money. Yeah, yes, bunch we of money. will. Okay, fine. <laughs> he's like, all right, I'll do it then. <laughs> Although I know he only came back as uh, um, Han Solo if they agreed to kill him, so that's good. Yeah, I actually I kind of like that he did that. A lot of people didn't like that uh, that they killed off Han Solo in that mm -hmm. movie, but I was I was okay with it. Yeah, me too. Could have killed right, more people, I would have been happy. <laughs> let's go to the next category, which is acting or action sequences. Um, and I gave that a three point two five. There weren't many action scenes here, mm. but when they had them, they were decent. You know, um, good stunt work, but really the action sequences weren't really where this shined it's mm -hmm. it's not bad i know 3.25 sounds bad but I, I take that as slightly above average what about you what do you have well, well if 3.25 sounds bad 2.75 sounds worse but i don't really like you said it's just mostly that there weren't a lot of them and it wasn't really the focus but yeah i i kind of agree with you i'm i almost feel like 3.25 is too high because there really just isn't much there to go by mm -hmm. Um, and I and I'm of the opinion that action sequence doesn't really matter. You judge the action sequences based on what they are. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, I just I don't know. Like they didn't feel like whoa, blow you <laughs> away. Like with mm -hmm. the fifth element, there was there was just basically one big action sequence, but it was so was good. good. Yeah. So I don't know. I'll think about that one too. So all right. So the next uh, category is chase slash fight scenes. What do you have for that? Though I gave that one a four because I thought they were pretty good. It's actually a lot like the first Blade Runner where, um, you know, there wasn't so much as far as action, but the fighting and chasing was actually pretty okay for the most part. And here, the fighting is is quite good, actually. it's Even when the fights don't last all that long, it, it tends to work because it's convincing. And I don't know if they, like, the actress, I know we kind of cr criticize the actress who played uh, Love, but, I mean, she was convincingly fighting. 
she seemed like she knew what she was doing and it was well done so yeah oh and like the fight with batista was good and uh even a couple of the gun firing fights were pretty good so i i gave it a four also i agreed with you um no chase scenes but yeah. uh but the fight scenes were pretty excellent um there weren't many of them either though um yeah. That first fight scene between Batista and Ryan Gosling was good, though. Just, like, viscerally violent and powerful. Mm. You know? For that scene alone, I wouldn't go below four. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. But uh, that being said, and I hate to say this, but Harrison Ford doesn't look believable fighting anyone anymore. Yeah. He's, yeah. <laughs> His punches are just slow and winding, you know? Like, mm -hmm. I don't want any hate for this because Raiders is our top action movie, but uh, yeah. but he's he's why I wouldn't go higher than a four either. So. I mean, yeah, uh, I'll consider myself fortunate if I'm throwing punches at all at his age. So yeah, that's true. That's true. Congratulations. Just you're right. It's he's obviously too old to be fighting. Well, the next category is film coherence. This is going to be a fun one. <laughs> uh, I gave it a two and a half, mm -hmm. and I'm sort of debating on whether or not I have it too high. Mm -hmm. There are aspects of this that I don't really understand at all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I talked about it in the uh, movie overview. Like, mm -hmm. why does there need to be an exact clone of the daughter? Mm -hmm. Was there a clone of the daughter? I don't even understand that whole portion of things. Like, they made an exact clone, and then they killed one off. And I'm like, so did they actually do that, or didn't they? And if they did, why? And if they didn't, yeah. why? Mm -hmm. Why the clone? Um, I get that you wanted to kill her off, but why, why did you need to clone to do that? You know, how were they capable of creating the clone? How did they mm -hmm. have the money to provide this place, for, <laughs> this palace for her? Mm -hmm. Why was Ryan Gosling's mission to kill Deckard? I don't know that this concludes the story at all. I mean, I guess it does in that he's trying to find the child and he does. I don't know. I loved spending time in this world, but I felt like we were me meandered a lot because of it. In the end, Joy is kind of an unnecessary character. Like, I think they were using her to show that he had human desires, but they could have just used the prostitute for that. Mm -hmm. I think the world is beautiful, but the film has a lot of incoherent times. There's really no reason for this to be as long as it was. It's not the story's fault either. They just didn't utilize the story very well. They didn't pace it well enough. I just, I absolutely loved seeing the world. It's funny. It's like they, they got to a certain point in the story and they were like, um, well, I guess we'll do this and we'll end it like this, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it was like, oh, I'm sick of working on this. Let's just wrap it up somehow. You know? I mean, yeah. That's, yeah. And I mean, I just, I don't, the, the whole premise of them, like, we need to find this child that the the Wallace Foundation needs to find, corporation needs to find it. Because, like, we need to find this because, like, we need to figure out how to make babies. And it's like, mm -hmm. but I don't, if you're making humans, it seems inherent, you know, mm -hmm. and like I can, we can't produce enough humans like, OK, so <laughs> I guess they don't explain how long a replicant takes to produce. You know, mm -hmm. maybe it takes years, Oh, you know, but like, do you understand that by making humans the, the organic way, it mm -hmm. takes nine months and then they're babies. <laughs> so. It takes a long time for them to be of any fucking value or use to you. So I don't really understand how that would be an appealing thing. We need to, have to like grow the population of replicants by making them have babies. But then they're just fucking humans. Mm -hmm. Which they actually, they already are. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. What do you have? I gave it a, I gave, I gave it a five. I thought, no, I gave it a two. <laughs> 
because I I mean you you absolutely nailed every single point. I, I couldn't agree more with everything. Um I just kind of want to restress the, the part that bothered me, which is that like you could have like you said, the detective story aspects were good. And like if you had a tighter movie and you trimmed it down a lot, and like so many I feel like we're getting a lot of these movies recently where by recently I mean in time, not um reviewed on, on the rank. Right. You like they used to make movies where where scenes propelled themselves forward and like moved to the next scene and there was like an internal momentum to the movie and and now it seems like we're getting a lot of stuff but not a lot of a lot of actual coherent progression of plot like i was thinking about like remember our very first movie which was a sci-fi movie aliens um it's kind of it's a bit you might consider it a bit slow to start cuz like very little action happens but the whole the plot really moves ahead like it really it really propels itself and makes internal sense and once the action starts you get a lot of it and just like you could have made a good um detective procedural kind of movie where it's like him trying to crack the case it probably would have been much shorter because you don't want as much weird meditative landscape appreciation which is good in and of itself but like make a more a, a movie that flows a lot better or make this like uh not really too much plot a lot of visual, a lot of like feeling about emotions, and a lot of like you know they, it could be much more like art housey, like he said. Um, but like this 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 blending of the two and neither work. Um, or I shouldn't say neither work; they work somewhat, but they kind of mess each other up. Yeah, I feel exactly the same way. I actually lowered mine to a two to match yours because, uh, I, yeah, the film coherence on here is just crazy. Like, mm -hmm. what were they thinking here? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I almost feel like it's like you said, like where, you know, they they had a movie and they were like, well, this didn't work, but we got to wrap it up somehow. So, right. yeah, exactly. It's I feel like they, I mean, I don't know about you, but I know when I've when when I've written short stories and stuff, mm -hmm. I'll often like, I'll know how I want to end it, you mm -hmm. know, and then I'll just like like okay, it's taking too long to get there, and then I'll just kind of quickly get to it, and I'm like, oh, that wasn't yeah. very good. <laughs> yeah, it was good, 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 and then uh, it tailed off a bit. Yeah. Um, that's what George R. R. Martin says he did to himself, and that's why he's having trouble finishing the series. Is because he wrote himself into a corner and has no idea how to get out. And he's like, I don't know how to end this. Like, I know where I want to get to, but I can't get there. So yeah, exactly. Um, and if anything, I am just like George R. R. Martin in that. Well, uh, and, and how many books you've come out with recently? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That I have written zero books in the last ten yeah. years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're all George R. R. Martin when it comes to that. Yeah. I'm sorry, George. If you listen, I love I love George, and I'm actually fine if he never comes out with them. I want him to be happy. He's a human being, not a book machine. <laughs> a book machine. Um, all right. Well, let's go on to the next category, which is hero appeal. So um, that's yours. Go ahead. I mean, four point two five. I mean, you, you, it's funny you called this movie all over the place, and these rankings are kind of all over the place because it really is rough. <laughs> and Ryan Gosling was great, and uh, like I, you know, maybe he was a little too mopey. I can see that. You know, if you think he's he was like way too like oh, sucks. like on we personified. Um, <laughs> but I like I was really right there with him for this entire journey. Maybe even more than Deckard in the original. Um, yeah, not the not to say that that was bad. It's just that, like what I was really feeling for for this guy, and he's not even apparently human. He's more human than human or not. I don't That's know. That's right. Yeah, um, so he was. Yeah, and he was he was badass, like you said too. So 
Yeah. Yeah. I gave him a 4.45. I'm right there with you. I thought Kay was actually really fun to watch, even though he never smiles or laughs. Um, Yeah. Seriously. (laughs) It's sort of amazing that Ryan Gosling was able to pull such emotional weight with this character Mm -hmm. who is built to not show too much emotion. You know, Mm -hmm. I really liked him. It's like so close to a 4.5 to me, just not, not quite there in my Mm -hmm. opinion. So that's why I want the 4.4. Yeah. But you're right. Great. No, yeah, absolutely. You're right. And this role could have so easily just been so mopey and like yeah. not charismatic at all. Just like, why am I watching this sad sack of an idiot? Like, <laughs> but this, I, I really felt, you know? Yeah, me too. All right. Well, let's go to the next one, which is villain appeal slash hatred. And I'm curious. Uh, oh, I guess it's my turn. Yeah. Um, so I gave it a 3.25. Mm-hmm. I feel like the movie can't decide on who they want us to direct our anger at, yeah. you know? Like, I think Wallace is the ultimate bad guy here, but he's mm-hmm. kind of bland. Yeah. However, Love is a really good villain. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing both of them, and I'm balancing that. So yeah. 3.25. Okay, yeah. Three and a half for me, kind of the same. Uh, I actually felt like Wallace was a pretty okay villain, but we just we kind of like either give us more of him or less of him. Right, I agree. He, I think that if they had spent more time with him, I might have liked it more. But yeah. the time that we spend with him, I'm just like, ugh, you know? Yeah. Exactly. And love was good as well, like you said. So I don't know. I'm not really sh- I, I considered it basically both of them. Um that's what I did. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, they were both okay on their own. Like, but you know, I don't know. <laughs> they should have focused on one or I don't know what they should have done. I'm I'm done speculating as to what would have made this movie better. I think that I think that like if they had just just taken uh Wallace out of mm-hmm. the interrogation with Ford, with Harrison yeah. Ford. Oh yeah. I think the then we would have been like, okay, so the villain is love. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and then I think we could have put more of that focus onto love, you know? But mm-hmm. uh, instead we had him, and it's like, I don't get his motivation at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we don't, like, we see that he's creepy and weird and possibly evil, but I don't know. All he wants is more replicants, I guess? I don't know. Yeah, he's like, wants to make the world a better place. I. Yeah. Uh, doing babies i don't know <laughs> anyway so the next category supporting characters appeal so what do you have for that um so i gave that a 2.75 but i might go higher um because they were all pretty good i mean just joy was actually pretty good and then the chief was pretty good the madam i don't know what they called her why they called her madam <laughs> but uh everyone else was very bland for me it was basically those two and maybe a couple other people that were okay Everyone else, I was like, I'm kind of done with you. I So I actually gave it a 4.25. Mm. Even though I do think that Joy is kind of superfluous, I really enjoyed mm. her, you know? Um, of course, Anna de Armas has a magnetism to her that makes her characters hard to fail, right? But uh, What's that Rick, magnetism called? Boobies? <laughs> or booty. Um, booty so yeah, Rick Deckard is a supporting character in this, which feels weird to say, but he is. And I found him to be more enjoyable in this than in the first movie, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he felt sort of incomplete in the movie too. Mm-hmm. I thought Robin Wright was excellent in it, mm-hmm. um, and I really enjoyed Sapper Morton for the brief time oh, that he was right. in it. I forgot about him entirely. Uh, even Mackenzie Davis's prostitute was enjoyable. You know, um, I thought she was good in it. Like I, you know, I she there was an appeal there. Um, the orphanage merchant played by Lenny James was villainous and cowardly in a way that appealed negatively the way it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the dream lady, lady who ended up being the daughter. Okay, mm-hmm. so you know, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. No, you're absolutely right. I'm gonna up mine a lot. Um, 
I'm, I'm, I think, uh, considering all of everything you said, uh, 3.75 actually is pretty fair because I said, I said it. And then I was like, but I did like joy and I did like the Robin Wright character and I did like Batista. And it's all, so yeah, let's, let's up that a lot. <laughs> all right. Um, it just gets lost in the fact that this was such a long meandering movie. You know? Yeah. I think that was it. I kind of forgot about them because I was thinking about the fucking movie like being too long. <laughs> All right, well, the last category is uh, Final Showdown, and I gave that a 3.65. Mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty good. I liked, the, I really liked the fight scene between Love and Kay. I thought that was really enjoyable. I enjoyed that mm-hmm. there was an extra element of peril with the water and Deckard being cuffed. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know what else to say about it. I just, <laughs> it was better than, than average in my estimation, but not great. So what do yeah. you have? Went pretty similarly, 3.45, because like you said, it was actually good. Maybe, I, I mean, I liked the, the water aspect of it, and I liked the fact that Deckard was, like, helpless and drowning. That was fun. There wasn't so much to it, so it wasn't, like, a super epic final showdown. But I did, you know, the fight between them was good, and I, I liked the brutality with which he killed her. Like, it wasn't, like, some, you know, big, like, she didn't get a speech or anything. He's just like, fuck you, you're dying. And, right. um you know, it actually did remind me of Roy Batty because I was yeah. like, water and tears in the water is even more than the rain. So <laughs> I don't know. It, you know, okay, so it's really fascinating because I think both movies, Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049, mm-hmm. had really cool concepts and just poor execution. They mm-hmm. just tried to put too much into it. Yeah. And somehow not enough. You know, both of them, they, they both had the same problem. But anyway, it did do better than the first one. Oh, did it? Yeah. Congratulations. Well, you know, visually alone. like Right, exactly. I mean, it was 4.65 points higher. Mm-hmm. So Blade Runner was a 64.95 and Blade Runner 2049 is a 69.6. Okay. I mean, I'm okay with that. Yep. It beat Fire Down Below, but did not beat Jason and the Argonauts. Oh wow, that's interesting. <laughs> that's that's the one it's between that the, those two, Fire Down Below and Jason and the Argonauts. I love that those three movies be having something in common at all, <laughs> and that all of them are pretty decent in a way. Like, you know, yeah. Well, Fire Down Below is way more decent than it should be, and Blade yeah. Runner twenty forty nine is way less decent than it should be. You <laughs> that's know? exactly how you say how it goes. You're hundred percent right. <laughs> If anybody needs to know about either of those two movies, that's what you need to know. (laughs) All right. Well, that's it. Um, That's the whole rank. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you'd like to see an updated list of our rankings, you can see that on our website at therankwithjohnandzach.com. Become a patron on Patreon at the, at the rank, you know, patreon.com slash the rank podcast. You can listen to these episodes before anybody else. You can uh, get a shout out from us. Uh, And like I said earlier, we are, thinking about doing a patron only series where we rank um, new releases, new movie releases. So that's something you're interested in. Then go ahead and support the show by becoming a a patron. Otherwise you can reach out to us at email at the rank with John and Zach at protonmail.com. You can find us at uh, on X, TikTok, Instagram. You know, we, we have YouTube shorts and, and full episodes, which you can comment on and, you know, we will respond to you. Yeah. Either way, Check us out next week when we're ranking one of the 2023 Best Picture nominees. At the at the time of recording, we haven't actually heard what the nominees are yet. So we I don't know which one to tell you it's going to be. But um, we have recorded some in uh, in anticipation. So we'll see. 
But uh, if you're not into the Best Picture series, then join us in two weeks where we're going to be ranking Payback, the 1999 film starring Mel Gibson and directed by Brian Helgeland. Yeah, I'm excited to do that one. Okay, <laughs> goodbye. And Dovidzania. I wouldn't mind seeing her meet window. Hey-oh!